Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Robin Akiva, need a podcast, and they need your help. Can you Rob and Akiva need a podcast episode number 144, 12 squared here today to talk about Rob and Akiva get trekked, not get shrekt, as uh, some people uh, may have thought coming into this week. And here with the man who is the keeper of Keeves Peeves, please welcome the great host of Three and a Half Podcasts, Akiva Winokur. A lot of people did think it was Robin Akiva get Shrek, which, you know, this I like I'm excited to get Shrek today, but mm-hmm. maybe that that's the sequel. Should we put Robin, Robin Akiva, Akiva get, get uh, Shrek on the wheel? Yes. Someone yeah. Yeah. I think put it on the wheel right now. Put it on the wheel right now. Is it would it be the earliest X? we've Is ever. Is uh, Are we watching? All right. So maybe we could discuss that in the mail. Like maybe we watch the all the Shreks on 3X. Let's okay. Go. But here we are to talk about the franchise that is very near and dear to my heart, but very foreign to Akiva. Star Trek here today on Robin Akiva Get Trekked. We only just recently uh, recorded uh, this past week the uh, Keeves Peeves with Sasha Joseph going through all of the listener pet peeves. thought people had a pretty uh, fair reaction. I thought people liked it. Yeah, I think uh, people have it this. People agreed with you that they didn't like the peeves, but people liked the episode. Yeah, we, uh, you know, we made the best of what we had to work with. Yeah, I did think of another peeve after we got done that I find it uh, very annoying to, very hard to rate a hot pretzel by looking at it. You have to buy it and purchase it and eat it before you know if you have a good hot pretzel or a god-awful hot pretzel. What's the key? Like when you're biting it, like are you looking for like softness? I'm looking for it to not be like hard as a rock and stale. Yeah. I mean, and yeah. it's hard. Like, uh, they should let you. Like, can I just get back there and like pinch it like it was produce? What if? Yeah. What if they had like either tongs where you could pinch it, or they had like a sample pretzel, like one sample pretzel. Mm-hmm. Well, that's like, what they do can... in the mall. That's how they get you in the mall. Yeah. The pretzel bites. Pretzel bites are the game changer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like a good. I can't tell you how many times I've been like, oh, oh, let me get a hot pretzel. Oh, that looks so good. And then you get wait, it like, wait, how, how many times? Like, please tell me how many times. I well, Mike know hasn't how many even times. been introduced. Yet. Yeah, at least, <laughs> at least like 10 or 15 times in my life that I've got had a disappointing hot pretzel. I'm not a big hot pretzel guy. Yeah. So I'm surprised there's so much hot pretzels 
in your life in general. I love that's, that's what I'm a intrigued good hot about. Yeah. Why? I, uh, well, uh, well, do you have it with mustard, Rob? I, I'll put mustard on a hot pretzel, sure. Okay, this but, is the most the uh, food talk for food for a lot, from yeah, Rob. Yeah, I do a lot of food while. talk. Yeah, well, that's, uh, you have to backdoor the food talk through the peeves, right? It's more so like, hey, I had this thought, uh, and this leads into food. That's the only way you can get him talking it's about just it. Just that, that, like, um, if, I feel like the pizza for the most part, you could look at pizza and tell if it, if it's going to be good or not. Yeah, like, I a agree. hot pretzel, impossible to tell if it's going to be good or bad by looking at it. It's in the. It's behind glass. It's in the case. It's like, okay, uh, give you, it to you, me, and then you're like, ah, oh, they got me. They got me. That's I do think you should have saved this for the hot takeoff. Yeah, should have saved it for the hot pretzel takeoff. All right. <laughs> anyway, all right. Let's bring in our uh, great panel here today. Uh, they are the uh, captains of the Star Trek post show recap, among many other podcasts. Uh, between the two of them, they're also my uh, co captains for talking about. Amazing Race, podcast about tough as nails, and uh, much more together among their many accomplishments. Please uh, welcome back uh, to Renap. I want to say, is this for the first time since Jeopardy? Jessica Lee. Yeah, I'm sure Mike Bloom is has been on this podcast much more often than I have because Mike Bloom is on every podcast all the time. Mm-hmm. Like all podcasts, Sometimes he just shows up, Jess. Yeah, mm-hmm. all podcasts are Bloom. But for me, yeah, I have not been... Over here at Renap for several years, yes. I think it is at this point. Jess, have you thrown your hat into the ring to be a potential uh, Jeopardy replacement host? They won't take my calls for some reason. Yes. I, th- I think you and LeVar Burton need to like co-host some sort of, I don't know, anti-Jeopardy show, right? Do something subversive of like, if you're not listening to us here, you're going to want to check out our show. Ours is cool. Mm-hmm. It's true. Anything with LeVar Burton is automatically cool. I feel like he elevated Jeopardy, but if they don't, if they're not going to go that way, I can't convince him otherwise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, all right. So, uh, who knew in uh, 2021 that the Jeopardy gossip was going to be like uh, the like the new hotness? Yeah, be, everyone, like a TMZ of Jeopardy. Everyone I know is like, "Hey, what do you think of this Jeopardy thing?" Since you were a giant loser on the Jeopardy show, <laughs> <laughs> is that what they say to you? They say it in a little bit nicer terms. <laughs> it's but- implicit. <laughs> constant reminder like hey how'd you do on jeopardy again Mm -hmm. yeah by the way akiva do you know that lavar burton is uh, Mm -hmm. part of the star trek universe yeah i think that's one of the ways he's known for by the way jesse should have said i won the bronze medal Mm, i did not win the bronze medal akiva i won the (laughs) silver medal thank you very much oh there we go so say like that then that's not even bad what are we what are we you know that's good second place on jeopardy is uh i would i would frame that pretty good it's first Um, loser yeah that's right um Rob, yes, the, uh, yeah, LeVar Burton, honestly, is like, LeVar Burton's one of those guys who's very famous. I know him from reading Rainbow, but I also, like, assume people know him from other things. So, yeah, Star Trek, I sort of knew he was on it. Yeah, well, there was actually an episode of Reading Rainbow, because I agree, my my access point to Mr. Burton was indeed through Reading Rainbow, but there was actually an episode where they went behind the scenes of Star Trek. Ooh. I remember and that, and that was actually my first exposure to Star Trek in general all the way back watching it on public access it was like, Hey, let's take you behind the scenes of this. They sort of like forgone all the, the reading for that hot second. It's like, let me just go behind the scenes of this TV show that I'm a part of. That's really cool. Yeah. All right. Well, a uh, man uh, like LeVar Burton, very accomplished in uh, the world of podcasting, musical theater as well. <laughs> Please welcome in the great Mike Bloom. Should I use the sound effect uh, latently? <laughs> 
Yeah, still work like twenty minutes into the podcast. Now here, play that sound, and then I want let's play it. Let's let's play our first game of Akiva. What is this sound? What does it mean? What is, what what has yeah. just happened when you hear this sound? Right, play it again, Mike. Let's do some soundtrack Star Trek Foley. Here we go. Okay, I think that means like when a guy zaps into a room, that's what happens. <laughs> Pretty yeah. close. Yeah, we'll this take is it. The, we'll accept it. The sound effect of uh, someone beaming in via a transporter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's, that's you would like correct. that. Akiva. You would get beamed, right? Well, if you don't have to walk, yeah. That, as like a lazy person, that would be great. I'd love to beam myself. Do you think I would get? Yeah, like I, I've been on uh, mandatory COVID lockdown here for a week. I'd love to like beam somewhere, maybe. Uh, to like the store, pick up some food, and then beam back, and nobody catch me. Well, they could just beam the food to you. I mean, I feel like that that feels like a oh, lot. So more you could beam COVID stuff, thing. not just people. Yeah, yeah. The, well, the thing is, and there's a bit of like a philosophical debate about it because the beaming process essentially requires you to be broken down to the atomic level in one location, and then being rebuilt in the other one, and it brings about this idea of, okay, are you really you when you end up getting beamed about? Because you know, yeah, what do you, you think, are- Akiva? Is it you? Like, so is it a new person every time? Right. Yeah. Basically, like, uh, when you are disassembled molecule by molecule to be, like, uh, put back together out of energy. I mean, it's not the same molecules there, right? It's got to be you. It's like if you had a kidney transplant. Now, is that not you anymore? No, it's still you. So it's the same thing. It's just a lot of transplants on a smaller mm. level. I don't know. There's a little bit of there's a little bit of someone else in you at that moment, in my opinion. Hmm. Who else is in you? Okay. Oh, that's look. Depends on the donor. All right. Well, we're uh, going to talk about transporters a little bit later right, on in the episode. Great. Right. I thought I'd say we're talking about uh, I, yeah. I, I'm wearing my Risa shirt. So if we're talking about things being in other things, I am fully prepared for that. <laughs> can I can I start with like a general Star Trek question? Yeah. How many Star Treks are there? Because like this is called Deep Space Nine. Uh, on the site I use. Did you watch Deep Space uh, one through eight before we got <laughs> to this episode? I didn't Robbie, watch you're the- Robert, you're supposed I to do did. the odds. Yeah. I, yeah, that's right. I didn't watch Deep Space one through eight, but when I searched on uh, like the site I used to find stuff, uh, the first thing that came up was Deep Space sixty nine. So that's a totally different thing. Yeah, different. It's not canon. No, I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't find season seven, episode four of that. But like, how many Star Treks are there? Because there's like the Next Generation. Mm-hmm. I assume there's probably just something called like Star Trek with no colon. Like, yeah. how many Star Treks are there? Well, there are nine TV series plus two more that are going to come out. And then there are how many movies, Mike? Are there nine movies? There are Plus ten movies. Ten movies. Mm-hmm. Are they still making the movies, or are they? Oh, in it's a, actually, a say thir- right so thirteen movies. If you're counting the three J.J. Yeah. Abrams ones, so, I guess yeah. we have to. Yeah. So I mean, we should also say uh, to, to give a brief introduction here. So basically, the the onus of this podcast, the mo, uh, our mission is to essentially convert Akiva a into as much mission? of a star. Yeah, hopefully not that long. I know we go on for long podcasts, but uh, maybe five hour mission is to convert Akiva into at least a more well-informed person when it comes to Star Trek, a notorious space phobic, someone who mm-hmm. has never checked out the sci-fi franchise sans that one episode uh, back when Akiva actually used to honor bets that he did during your days on the Seinfeld <laughs> oh, podcast yeah, watched, together. You pid. I watched. Yes. Yeah, we. I, I lost the bet and watched a Star Trek episode on the Seinfeld podcast many years ago. Yes. I know you're up th- three year anniversary of Renap this week. Oh, happy anniversary. Really last week. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So Star Trek started back in 1966, the product of a a man with a mission by the name of Gene Roddenberry. Uh, The show only lasted a few years, but it developed such like a fervent fascination among sci-fi fans and built up such, you know, uh, a to do behind the scenes. 
that, you know, it had gotten canceled a couple times and then got brought back. As Jess said, there were a bunch of movies that were made in the interim. And then in the late 80s, they started making Star Trek The Next Generation, which segued into Deep Space Nine, which segued into Voyager. All those three series kind of overlapped with each other. Then fast forward a few years from that, Enterprise, for many reasons, kills Star Trek for a little bit. Uh, and then the J.J. Abrams movies in the late 2000s and mid-aughts or uh, mid-2010s were the ones that I think really brought back people's interest. Uh, the screenwriter from that by the name of Alex Kurtzman is essentially put in charge to reboot Star Trek in general. And then starting in 2017, we get Star Trek Discovery, and that kicks off, as just said, you know, three current Star Trek series on Paramount Plus and two more in the works as well. So Star Trek had a period where it was running for a while, went away, and now it's back in fashion, if it ever was. Okay. Does that all make sense, Akiva? Yeah, so, I mean, I'm writing this down, but yeah. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a test later. Yeah. Okay. I'm 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 excited. I'm in addition to that, um, we also watched an episode of Star Trek here uh, for this podcast that we will uh, talk about. We'll be talking about a episode of Justice Favorite Deep Space Nine later on in this podcast, season seven, episode four. Take me out to the Hollow Suite, baseball episode. Yes. Okay. Yeah, we were Jess and I were debating me between a couple of instances, and we're like, okay. First off, we know that Kiva's watched bad Star Trek, so we don't want to like s- submit him to that because we don't want him to gain this reputation that like Star Trek is just a show that puts out these goofy bad episodes. So we think, <laughs> okay, let's give him a classic good one, or let's give what I would call the Kiviest episode of Star Trek yeah. in history, a baseball episode. Uh, and so after consulting with Rob, I think we decided, look, again, if the mission of this podcast is to bring Akiva into the fold, let's play to his tastes a little bit, right? Let's meet him halfway. Uh, and so in that regard, I would say Take Me Out to the Hollow Suite is not your typical episode of Star Trek, but I think it is uh, the one most suited to Akiva's whims. You like that, Akiva? Yeah, I like when people suit things to my whims, yes. Yes. Uh, the other episode that Mike was suggesting was The Trouble with Tribbles. Do you know what a Tribble is, Akiva? No, I don't. Tribble. Mm-hmm. Joey, no, I don't know. I've never heard of it. What, what do you think they might be that they would be troubling? I, a Tribble sounds like... It's probably like a foreign alien they've never met before, and they like seem like they're good guys, but the end they're bad guys. Mm. Yeah, I mean, in a, in a manner of speaking, uh, less bad guys and more so nuisances. Uh, tribbles are small, ball-like, hairy creatures that can essentially reproduce instantaneously. Uh, and basically, the episode "The Trouble with Tribbles" is that the Enterprise, the original Enterprise, found them, didn't know what they were. To your point, you were correct on that. Took them into the ship. They proceeded to, uh, you know, just pop pop off all over the place and really oh, no. beleaguer everyone on the Enterprise. Yeah. If they're born pregnant, apparently. Mm-hmm. And then they mm. just yeah. they just reproduce they're constantly. Like, yeah, little hairballs that like uh, yep. and, then, and and people really liked it because then like the Star Trek uh, ship was just like completely filled with all of these like little hairballs. Hmm. The Tribbles. Yep. Mm-hmm. What if I became like the world's biggest Star Trek fan? Because I, I feel like I'm so behind in media after sort of taking the summer off. Imagine if I was like, all right, I have to, there's probably like a thousand Star Trek episodes at this point. I'd have to like... Close to it, yeah. Yeah, I'd have to like really... That's a, that's a series bin. Yeah, I'm, not ever sure bin. I'm not sure you could become the world's biggest Star Trek fan at this point, Kiva. You have too much competition and the people that mm-hmm. get into this, they get into it. I Since she's trying to challenge me. She's yeah. trying to trick me. <laughs> 
I mean, Akiva got way into Among Us at one point, and it's then true. just By played Apple it on? like twenty four seven. And then, mm-hmm. uh, like, he was like, uh, people like bullied him for being bad at Among Us, and then he just like spent every waking hour for like uh, a month or two just like watching the YouTube videos so that he could bully people who weren't good at Among Us. <laughs> That's true. I did look. Uh, I I went. I uh, played in Puya's game on Sunday, yep. and it tells you how many hours you've played on the on like the Among Us uh, like game. And we're at like 600 hours. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's like so that's, that's a lot of hours. So yeah. listen, a Star Trek episodes, the original series tends to run about 50 to 55 minutes. Everything else tends to run about like your typical 42 to 45. So actually, if you equate it, uh, that would be a pretty fair dent into the entire canon of Star Trek. If you just apply that in a different direction. And Akiva, if you look at it this way, that Among mm-hmm. Us happens like in space on a starship. Mm-hmm. So you mm-hmm. already are sort of like a uh, like space adjacent as a fan. I'm trying to think if I ever watched because I, I wasn't into Star Trek, Star Wars. Yeah. Even Lost in Space. I was like, nah, not for me. Why even Lost a Nickelodeon- in Space be the one that's like the more <laughs> interesting one? I don't know. It like was like the they were pushing it a lot. Or on- the Matt LeBlanc reboot of Lost oh, in Space. Oh, God. What was the what was like the Nickelodeon space show? It was oh, only in a couple you're years. Thinking, you're thinking of space cases. Space uh, cases. Which, which See that I tried. The Nickelodeon yeah. version of actually a Star Trek series, Star Trek mm-hmm. Voyager. They tried to do like a teenage version of it called Space Cases. Yeah, I want to be as low down as possible. That's why I like the Sequest DSP. Lower that was as as far as way lower decks. Mm-hmm. What's that? Is that like Star Trek in hell? Like, where I mean, is that? Th- there certainly are people that act that way. Uh, that's so- not connected to Below Deck. That's not a Star Trek show, right? Below well, Deck actually, is a reality no, yeah. show. Yeah. yeah, actually, no, it's the only Bravo Star Trek series. It's really odd. <laughs> okay. It's like a reality series aboard a starship. I mean, hmm. it's so it is a uh, it's it's only one of a couple animated series. Actually, it should say it's not. Uh, I, I think we are ignoring the Star Trek, the animated series, which came out. Yes. Uh, in no, the I counted it in my count, Mike. Oh, I, I, so I think it's, uh, yeah, it's much, you know, much bereaved. They randomly decided after the success of the original series to bring back most of the cast and just do a bunch of cartoons. And then after all these years, they finally brought that idea back. It's very Rick and Morty meet Star Trek. It might be, and I say this in a very good way, the most self-serving piece of pop culture I have ever seen in my life. Uh, you cannot throw a stone without experiencing some sort of Star Trek reference. Uh, so I think, Akiva, that's if, you're, if you want to achieve your mastery, I think that's the final level, is watching an episode of Star Trek Lower Decks and being able to be like, ah, I understood that reference. Okay. All right, challenge may be accepted. We'll see. All right. So, Mike and Jess, uh, now that we've sort of set the table here for uh, setting the expectations for Akiva and listeners, uh, what are we going to do first? We should probably talk about the episode that you watched, I think, because I think that's going to be a good jumping off point from assuming a lot of questions that Akiva has. So, as mentioned before, uh, we watched Star Trek Deep Space Nine, Season 7, Episode 4, Take Me Out to the Hollow Suite. It's an interesting episode, Akiva, uh, insofar as not only does it really not have much to do with, you know, going on space adventures doesn't really have much to do with star trek deep space nine yeah. uh deep space nine is is more so known as like one of the first serialized star trek series out there there was this ongoing plot about a war and you know uh an oncoming destruction from aliens from another quadrant uh and in this one in the middle of it all they took a break for an episode and say let's play a baseball game in the hollow suite so you are really experiencing like Something that is very far removed from a lot of things Star Trek, but again, something that would appeal to you. Yeah, the thing that is wild about this episode is that 
the whole rest of this season is really about like the psychological after effects of war and like we're in the middle or in the trenches and we have to make hard decisions about life and death and it affects us. And this is a seemingly impossible to beat opponent, but we're just going to stop down every so often. We're going to play some baseball or we're going to go into the 1960s bar that is also hosted on the station. And they just kind of, it's weird that they can compartmentalize like that. I've always thought that. Now, Akiva, did you get any sort of a sense of what Deep Space Nine is from this episode? Like, uh, if if you had to, like, uh, imagine, like, what is the rest of the show about from watching this episode? Were you able to piece that together? All right, here's my impression. When what show did we watch last time? What, what was it? The same series? I don't think so. You watched, you watched the episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation. Uh, okay, Cupid. and that's like the most famous one, The Next yes. Generation. Yes. Okay. So I think it's basically like we're in space, we're in the future, like a few hundred years in the future, and it's like a space station where people come and go. It's like uh, I don't know if they're like um, I don't know if it's like I, I I don't know if it's like Grand Central Station in space. Mm-hmm. or if it's or if it's like i don't know what the purpose is but i know like they're in space a lot of like people come aboard and visit them and uh sometimes they're good guys sometimes they're bad guys i don't see a lot of fighting i, I thought there would be more like shooting i guess that's star wars but there is like, a war a lot- going on yeah there is a war it, the, the war is not really like a big part of it and then there's like humans and then there's like the humans like ostensibly humans but they have like big ears and a lot of makeup <laughs> that probably takes like many yeah. hours in like makeup every day. Yep. Um, and then uh, I don't, but I don't know like their goal. I don't know why they're there. I don't know like the lead character that we saw Cisco today. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. what his, what, what did he do? He seems to be like the big boss in charge, but it's not clear to me like what he does. Right. So deep space nine is what's known as a star base, uh, which is essentially just sort of like a, a hub uh, for Starfleet, which is you know what these people are all representing, they're all part of Starfleet. Which yeah, is sort Akiva, of... it's like a rest stop in space. <laughs> That's what I said. Yeah, yeah, it's it's basically like a, it's a it's a nicely you can get gas gas station. Yeah, you can uh, get your they, ship fixed. Because the the big point of the series, and we find this out in the first episode of Deep Space Nine, is like this star base, uh, which was formerly recovered from a race called the Cardassians, which are this like brutal uh, organization of like kind of lizard looking people. Uh, that had previously used it for their own nefarious purposes, uh, essentially gets taken over by Starfleet to manage. And it happens to be right next to this big-ass wormhole to a brand-new part of the galaxy. And so they're like, okay, this is hot territory. We've got to kind of squat on this. And that's what kind of Deep Space Nine is all about. And due to their proximity to the wormhole, they're involved really a lot in the war efforts. But pretty much it's about the upkeep of the, the station which earns some derision from fans. You know, with Star Trek, uh, I'm assuming you assume, Akiva, that it's usually about, like, going out there and exploring space. Mm-hmm. Right? It got to the point where they eventually got their own ship to go out into space sometimes because people were getting so angry about them just staying put the entire time. Okay. Yeah, and I think a piece of this that is missing, I mean, Mike, I don't know why I'm even on this podcast because you're giving such comprehensive descriptions of everything. Um, I think I was kind of invited as a courtesy, um, but I'm going to add that when they started the show, it was like the premise of it was they were going to send Captain Cisco out to this m- the middle of nowhere place to manage this space station that didn't really matter to anybody. 
And then the wormhole opens and suddenly it's like the hot place. And then on the other side of the wormhole, there are bad guys and the bad guys come in and we are now at war with the bad guys. That's the five. And do the bad guys have a name, Jess? Um, well, there's the, we have on the, on our, there are a couple of different bad guys. We have this kind of loosely federated group called the Dominion. And Ooh, that was another thing I used to be obsessed with. Robert, remember that? The Dominion? No, there was like a board game that I played like <laughs> I, I was like the person who played like the fourth most one year. I, like I, I don't recall or this. They talked about it on Seinfeld. Well, yeah, I was like obsessed with this board game and I played it all day every day. Mm-hmm. Like it's 20 a, games a day. A board game? Yeah, so How the, do you find people to play a game with you 20 times a day? Well, it was it, like online. You could just, you could mm. just, it was go and, and like Should play. Should we put that and on the wheel? Akiva uh, plays was Dominion? Was this, was this, was this I, pre-pandemic? I it was yeah. pre-pandemic. Well, it's funny because it seems un- unthinkable, um, you know, a year and a half after like the absolute apex of the pandemic. But like all my family did when, you know, you couldn't leave the house for those like month or however, two months, however long it was. W- w- we played board games. Like we just played and we have not played a board game since. But like it would just be like Tuesday afternoon and I would walk into like the living room and people would be playing board games. Um, I-, I think we board gamed out. But yeah, I- I- that's all I played. I-, I-, I had to go cold turkey because I think I played... 3,000 games. Each game takes like 15 minutes in, in a year. And I had to like, uh, I, I had to, I had to cut it out. But yeah, yeah. Uh, Dominion. Okay. Yes. Uh, so just, uh, the, yeah. The so Dominion, the Dominions the is one game. of them, Jess. Yes. And who are the other ones? Yeah. So there's the Dominion and they're kind of made up of, there's like three different species. You have these sort of, um, genetically created super soldiers that are enslaved by these other people. And then above them is like a whole other level of hierarchy. And you meet a character in this episode called Odo, who mm-hmm. sort of looks like he's made out of clay and he's a shapeshifter. And Ooh. over the course of the season, over the course of the series, you find out that Odo thought he was the only one of his kind for a really long time. And then he finds out that his people are the people that are really in charge of the Dominion. Yeah. And is they live a in big, a lake. Is there a big bad? There's a couple of big bads um, on the Cardassian side. You have this guy, Gold Ducat, who is kind of in charge of the Cardassians, and he's sort of a fascist totalitarian figure. And then eventually the Cardassians join the Dominion. There was a great parody Gold Ducat account where he was basically uh, just taking current events and like tweeting them with a DS9 spin on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was uncomfortably close to home mm-hmm. because uh, it was like just things that people believe in the current universe with a sort of quasi-fascist slant they translated very well into things gold ducat might say um so yeah they have them him and then there's bajor which was the planet that the cardassians occupied for many years and there is a there is a religious leader who kind of runs things on bajor called kai win and she's sort of a like evil demagogue as well. So there's a few different big bads that are all kind of working together at this point and sometimes at odds with each other. You hooked yet, Akiva? Yeah, and who are the Vulcans? Because this episode, the bad yes. guy is a Vulcan. Ah, the Vulcans. Vulcans are classic. Vulcans are like the first species you ever meet in Star Trek in the 60s. Akiva, do you know who Spock is? Yeah, I've heard of Spock. Spock is like the wise, all-knowing guy. Yes, <laughs> Spock is a Vulcan. Yeah. But, I, but I thought Vulcans are bad. They're not bad. They're oh, in this episode. Yeah. This yeah, episode, this, this guy is like a real douche. No offense. Oh, yeah. In this episode, this guy's a total douche. And Vulcans kind of are douches. Um, mm-hmm. because they are ruled by logic and they really have very little empathy for other people. 
Mm-hmm. And so what happens often is that the Vulcan has no patience for anybody's emotional outbursts and will kind of occasionally, I, I'm sure you've met people like this who sort of believe emotional outbursts to be a sign of weakness. And that's kind of the Vulcan way. And Spock had a lot of trouble because Spock was half human. And so he would get more emotional than other Vulcans. Um, but anyway, Vulcan was the first planet to make contact with Earth. And the rules are that if you're, if your species achieves warp speed, if they can travel faster than light, then the Federation of Planets finds you and, and makes contact. But if you are pre-warp, that is, if you don't know how to go faster than light speed, they don't mess with you until you do. So the idea is Earth figured that out and then Vulcan showed up to greet them and welcome them. And they've all, they've been allies ever since. Hmm. But Vulcans are also douches. And on a personal level, is, it's yeah. hard to make friendships. Is it a Locke versus Jack thing? Hashtag down the hatch. Like, is it, is it like a, like, man of science, man of faith thing? Um, yeah, a little bit. Though I would say that obviously those two guys were more emotionally charged, uh, in their way. Whereas this is like emotional charge versus logical charge. This is more so like someone who looks down on you being like, you know, you do, I, I, I don't want to worry about your things. You trifle with things that I don't even care about. Not to mention that as are mentioned in this episode, you know, Vulcans tend to also be a lot stronger uh, than other people. So they really feel themselves sort of like the master race. And if you're talking about evil Vulcans, those sort of exist in the form of what are known as Romulans. Uh, Romulans and Vulcans, once upon a time, they look very similar. They used to live on the same planet. But there was a civil war uh, where there was fundamental disagreements. The the Romulans took off and sort of formed their own cabal. Uh, and then meanwhile, the Vulcans were like, no, we're just going to hang out here. We're going to be, you know, logicians. We're going to feel like our, our, you know, S doesn't stink. And that's sort <laughs> of the attitude that you bring in here is like, yes, they're allies, but they're not exactly friends. Right. So, Q, does this all make sense yet? I mean, it sort of. And like, does Earth ever come into play? Do we ever like go to Earth yeah, for an episode? Earth oh, yeah, they go to Earth all the time. Like, is the baseball game? Yeah. We, is is the baseball game on Earth? No. no, the baseball game is in the Hollow Suite. And so, Akiva, it's basically it's like an immersive video game. They go on Deep Space Nine. They go to the bar, which is owned mm-hmm. by Quark, and they pay Quark to rent the Hollow Suite, which is like the video game environment and you go in and it's the same. They did this on the next generation episode that you watched as well. Mm -hmm. Um, You go in and you put your program in and then all of a sudden you're in that environment. Like you're in, you're at the baseball field and you play inside the hollow suite, but it feels like you're at the baseball field. Now you said pay, like what's the, like what's the denomination? What, what currency are we using here? Star Trek universe is mostly currency free. Like everything free. Okay. Yeah, they are. yeah, hold Credit on, cards. hold on. We're getting, uh, I'm going to explain it. No, I'm um, telling Akiva to hold on. Yeah, hold yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, don't, don't, don't like empty out your pockets at this moment no. and say, take me to space, baby. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. they are, um, they're, they're post-currency. So it's like everything you need, you can get. And it's not like there's no scarcity. Post-scarcity, that's what I'm thinking of. Everything you need, you can get. And so you don't need to pay for things. But there are a couple of species that still really cling very solidly to the idea of um, having money. And so the owner of Quark's bar um, is a Ferengi and the Ferengi feel very strongly like their whole society is ruled by capitalism. And you find out like they're kind of a problematic people for a number of reasons, but you, he's the only guy on the ship that you'd actually have to pay for anything. 
there's a couple of little shops and you have this currency that they use called Latinum. But and so you would this pay guy him. gets paid, Jess. And then yep. like, th- but money has no use. So I'm not sure what this guy's long-term plan it has is. used to him. Yeah. Oh, okay. Has used to him. And he provides a service that it's not a service you need, but it might be a service you want. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And you can go into the holodeck or the hollow suite and you can basically do like a- any program that you want. There's a lot of episodes where that they are doing like different stories in the holodeck. Yeah, the thing okay. you might be shocked about is that they're really obsessed with 20th century Earth. Like they yeah. end up going to a lot of all the time. Hence this episode, right? Because yeah. you think like, okay, we're in the this this episode takes place in the 2300s or, uh, or 2400s, and you're like, why do they still like baseball? Right? Obviously, the the impetus of this episode is like we don't know anything about baseball. We're from hundreds of years in the future. To Jess's point, characters are obsessed with 20th century things uh there's some characters like in star trek enterprise there's obsessions with like cars uh john luke picard from the next generation loves horseback riding it would be like if we were obsessed with something from the 1600s is I'm not horseback sure. riding something that is uh, ubiquitous in 20th century culture i think I mean, the I- better analog here would be that uh picard likes this program called dixon hill yeah, detective stories yeah, he likes he likes hard boiled nineteen thirties detective novels, and he goes and acts them out. It it would be, I mean, Mike, we do have those people that are obsessed with life in the sixteen hundreds. But it would be like if everybody in Star Trek was a Ren Fair geek, mm-hmm. but for our stuff. Yeah, though to be fair, going back to the point I made before, I do feel like horseback riding is a bit antiquated. Uh, <laughs> no offense to your to those equestrians out there, but like we have cars, right? Yeah, but mm-hmm. not the beginning of the twentieth century. Like maybe the early twentieth century people. Um, Maybe. Well, what's going on on Earth at this point? Uh, well, Earth Pretty is the nothing. headquarters. Yeah, it's the headquarters of the Federation. You have Starfleet Academy is on Earth. Um, somehow they managed to, in a very short period of time, managed to kind of insinuate themselves into being the sort of diplomatic capital of all the planets. Yeah, but that's okay. about everything that goes on there. Um, Cisco's father owns a restaurant on Earth, and he cooks real food instead of like replicated food. So that's a thing. That's a thing. Oh, the food on the ship is not real yeah you just order stuff and it makes it up out of like a 3d printer of food yeah yeah it's like mana yeah yeah but but you can get like whatever flavor you want you can order a cup of coffee and it like materializes Mm -hmm. it in front of you yeah hello it is ryan and i was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. 
Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Now... Let me ask a question about, mm-hmm. uh, so Quark, uh, he sort of runs like the uh, seedy hollow suite uh, there. And sometimes people come in, Akiva, they don't really talk about this too much, but sometimes people come in and they run like dirty programs on the, oh. uh, in, in the hollow suite. Is, is, okay. it, is it established in the can? Is it cheating if it's on the hollow suite? Oh, that's a good question. Mm, they never establish it as cheating, but there is an episode where there are some really icky ethical considerations that come up where somebody tries to order a hollow suite program featuring a real human being that does not consent to it. Uh oh. Oh, and, and, that, and that, that features actually the beloved LeVar Burton is actually core to that. Yes. Well, there's that. Yeah, yes. there's there's one in TNG and that one's upsetting enough. But then mm-hmm. there's one where Quark tries to build a program for a dude. And she finds out, and he gets in a lot of trouble for it. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of deep fakes. They they could just call that episode "Deep Fake Nine. <laughs> just uh, could you explain to Akiva that Akiva has some bad news about baseball? I, I'm sure you watch this episode and think like, "Oh, baseball must be the international uh, and interspecies <laughs> pastime. Everybody must love mm-hmm. baseball." But baseball is actually going to have meet a tragic end in uh, the Deep Space Nine Star Trek universe. Yeah, so baseball is like extinct very extinct yeah, pretty much honestly yeah. i'm fine after the last few weeks i think that's what we're <laughs> like imagine right now rob if if like major league baseball is like you know what we had a good run yeah it's the third century we've done all that we need to do we got we got a, a pitcher who's the best hitter it's it's the world's we did upside down the field of dreams this, game that's yeah, it we did the field like this was a success like at this point we can control and like and and by the yeah. way the yankees will not be able to win the world series this year the Mets season, we're out of our misery. I would be cheering the street. I'd be yeah. thrilled. I hope baseball gets put out of, you know, gets canceled today. Well, evidently, according to the Star Trek wiki, um, the sport of baseball, uh, the final World Series was played in uh, 2042. So we got another good, like, 20 years oh. of this, um, which is really weird because we're also going to be getting into some pretty heavy wars and apparently baseball still goes on until after that. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen, that's yeah. Deep Space Nine in a nutshell, though, as you just said, no, right? Heavy wars much. going wars on, and baseball. But, but baseball survives no matter what. Uh, I mean, listen, I'm sure it was also a very sympathetic episode to watch uh, Kevin Rob as Mets fans, right? You probably <laughs> cheer for the one run they score, much like yep. the Niners do at the end of this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, losing 10 to 1 we're used to. Yeah, yeah Met, Mets fans love manufactured victories. Mm-hmm. Well, they didn't strand a lot of runners on base, so that was and like the t- most of the team was injured after the first game. That was very familiar. Yeah, um, like after the first practice, it was like everyone's on the DL and and people need surgery, basically. Yeah. Do we know if Ben Cisco uh, named his son uh, Jake after the greatest pitcher of uh, the 21st century, Jake Degrom? Was that canon? I think that's canon. Yes. Yeah. What about Doug Cisco, the ex Met? Well, I don't think he named his last name. You know, he had to did like uh, his last name was Schwartz and changed no, it. To no, it, uh, the interesting thing about Bajorans, remember, is that their first name is their last name and their last name is their first. So if he was Bajoran, he could have done that. Maybe. Okay. Akiva, uh, so yeah. uh, the, you feel like you have a good understanding of Deep Space Nine? 
Yeah, I mean, from the show, I have some notes from the show. Yeah, yes. give us, give, give us your from notes, give us your rundown here. So the Vulcan guy is very racist against humans. He like hates. Oh humans. yeah, yeah. Just for people that didn't watch the episode, like the episode starts off and there is a, a Vulcan character. He has like a Vulcan ship, and he's like a uh, really uh, very rude to uh, Captain Cisco, and he's like, "I want this, I want this." And I'm like, "Oh, I thought that, that at the end of the scene they're gonna be like, ah, like my my buddy, like he was just like breaking uh, his, you know what." But no, there really is a, a rivalry. And this guy, uh, I guess, feels like that, uh, you know, Vulcans rule and humans drool. Yeah, breaking his baseballs. But yeah, big, and basically we, we heard this stems back, right? They went to Starfleet Academy together, essentially part of like the same class. Uh, and he, since he bested him in that wrestling match, it's all that he could talk about. And he's been living rent free in Benjamin Sisko's head all these years after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think it's fair to say that. Um, I don't find it terribly logical to spend great amounts of time making sure that the, all the people in my orbit understand that I'm superior to them and needle them into getting upset about it. Mm-hmm. I, I really feel like this is – you can tell that something under Solok's logical exterior, there is some uh, – there beats a deep, like, insecure heart. Yeah. Solak would have been really annoying on Twitter. Uh, he would have had, oh, like, uh, Twitter threads going on. And like, all right, we get it. Would he have been canceled? Would he have been like... Oh, certainly, yeah. 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 Human yeah. food has one spice. And that way everyone would have been like, no, 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 get out of here. Mm-hmm. Hashtag Solak is over party is already trending <laughs> hundreds of years. Before he's <laughs> yeah. Just like uh, all about how the Vulcans are superior race to the humans. Mm. And they're stronger and the humans are emotional. He would have gotten his account blocked for that. Like, I feel like I feel like that kind of racist rhetoric, really, there's no place for it on Twitter anymore. Mm-hmm. They they would have been. Um, by the way, another weird thing is like, I don't know the strategy of like, we need to get better at baseball next two weeks. Let's just spend almost all the time learning the rules. That's not the direction I would have gone. Because <laughs> right there, like learning what the infield fly rule is, which like there's players in the majors who probably don't know the infield fly rule and they're fine. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like they're, it's okay. Um, and, and like that's really what they're focusing on, and not like catching the ball, throwing the ball, and hitting the ball, which yeah. probably would have been my strategy. Maybe that's and why they lost ten to one. He's why a bad are they manager. watching any baseball? Why are that's they trying to point. learn it from a yeah. book? I mean, I could recommend some good books about it, but he really, I think you learn more watching it. Mm-hmm. You think they didn't have the rights? Oh, well, I, mm-hmm. to what base? Yeah, you think Major League Baseball, right? Yeah. You're, not allowed, you're not allowed to tape games. Maybe that it carries across centuries. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like <laughs> even 400 years later, you hear that this is cop, you know, of Major League Baseball. Any attempts to rebroadcast that, they would be like, "Ooh, we're going to go to space jail if we try and tape this game and mm-hmm. and, and show it in the Vulcan Theater." I, I will say that I agree with you because spoiler alert: like the big culminating climax of the one run they score is completely by accident. So any sort of strategy that they've gleaned over all of this like meticulous book learning kind of gets thrown out the window. I mean, listen, I, I am far from the most knowledgeable person, but I have the basic understandings of baseball. I don't think I need to learn what a fancy Dan is or any of like the I don't need to be a walking dictionary yeah. of baseball after they, two weeks. They talk about a fancy Dan and they said, oh, you're making this up. I'm like, yeah, that's no such thing. Uh, Akiva, have you ever heard the term fancy Dan before? It. No, I've, I mean, I like, I've watched baseball my whole life, watched thousands of games of baseball. I've never heard of it. And I, the second thing that comes up is Star Trek. When you Google <laughs> Fancy Dan. It, it's possible they invent this in like 2030. Yeah, Fancy Dan hasn't happened yet. 
Buck Bokai. Uh, no, you know what? I, I actually think it is made up because even the first now, now I see the first thing is Fancy Dan. So yeah, I I, uh, mm-hmm. I don't think it's a real thing. Now is it something though that has like reverse manifested itself? Well, now you have like yes announcers being like, look at that Fancy Dan showing <laughs> off his moves. Uh-huh. <laughs> Do you think Dan Uglo was Fancy Dan? <laughs> Famous, uh, <laughs> terrible second baseman with three errors in all-star game Daniel once. Murphy, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think it is a Star Wars only thing, because I only Star see Trek. Star Wars stuff. About yeah. Star, sorry, Star Trek. Yes. It's okay. a big difference. For everybody, uh, of course, that who is just listening to the podcast and can't see our Zoom call, Jess is wearing a uh, Deep Space Niners uh, t-shirt. Oh. Is that your favorite baseball team, Jess? Um, I don't really have a face- favorite baseball team, but if I did, I guess it would probably be this one. Yeah. I found an article on baseballperspectus.com which breaks down the Deep Space Niners like player Ooh. by player. <laughs> you know, it's like who's, who's the, Yeah, who's the MVP yeah. here? Is it Jake Sisko? Well, it, it gives like he went nine full, innings. It, it gives like a full um like scouting report really on all of them. Like uh like Nog is four foot eleven, a hundred pounds. Why is he the catcher? Doesn't really make that much sense. <laughs> Good saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they allowed 14 hits, committed four errors. It has like a whole, you know, breakdown of the box score and stuff. Yeah. Pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. But Jake Sisko's ERA has to be terrible if he's if he's given up 10 runs. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of them were unearned, though, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh, maybe There'd that's a, a lot good of unearned point. runs. He's probably OK. And yeah. like, really, if, if the other team is like super, a super creature, they should have lost like. 50,000 to nothing, right? Yeah. Mm. I mean, they get most of the damage in the first inning. They get four runs and then basically like yeah. give up like one run in an inning. Uh, so that that's not too bad. The whole game. Yeah. So they're down 10 nothing. They score a run on a bunt and that's like the crowning moment and gets like slow motion. It's very exciting. Yes. It's really this, this whole game is an ode to participation trophies. Like they're <laughs> so. Like first, the guy the is twenty fourth century millennials. Yeah, it's true. Like the guy's not good enough to make the team, but they put him on it anyway. And they and, Rudy him. Yeah, they Rudy him, but also like he, like he doesn't make the team, and and the the chief is uh, is like viewed as this like evil guy for not chief cutting O'Brien? him from the team. The not the chief O'Brien, the Cisco Captain Cisco. Is, yeah, Captain Cisco is like, oh my god, like this manager is so mean. He doesn't like. This guy is the worst player ever, and why would he keep him? And also, like, were they only going to play with eight players? I'm not so sure. Like, they didn't seem to have any yeah. backup, so I don't know what his plan that was. That is but- a good point about uh, there's no other Federation officers on Deep Space Nine they could have recruited to the team. Like, it's like, no, this these are the series regulars. This is it. Do they have to be... Do they have to be officers? Could we go to the lower decks for well, this? Well, I will, no, right? Because we, like, recruit Lita... Uh, who is just like a side piece. She's the wife yeah. of Rom. She works guy. in the bar. Yeah, and, and they just said like, hey, bar wench, come here and be on our baseball team. Yeah, well, she did do a fancy dance. That's so that true. Was, that was Ezri Dax, I thought. Oh, oh yeah, it is sorry, Ezri Dax. Sorry. She's the one that reads about it and knows what My it bad, is. my bad. Yeah. Yeah, and they bring in like Cisco's girlfriend too. So it sure seems like they could have gone, you know, there's hundreds of crew members on this station. They could have you know, they could have put out the call a little yeah. bit more. He's widely. a terrible manager. Pick the bad team. He, and then like they 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 basically go on strike until he puts the bad player back on the team. <laughs> right. And then they celebrate a 10-1 victory with like beers afterwards. Like they just won the World Series. Like, guys, you got smoked. The other team is celebrating. You guys should be you guys should be taking, you know, infield practice for next game and, and you know, practicing to try and beat them next time. Yeah, but it, they they're mostly doing that to upset Solok. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. and, it, and it has a really it it achieves its intended effect. Yeah. Here's mm-hmm. the thing I don't understand: Why do they need a live umpire? Is there no umpire well, built this into is the a, game? You know, well, this is a great question because I think that people are really calling for it. And Akiva in minor league mm-hmm. baseball that they have machines calling balls and strikes. Cisco. <laughs> seems like uh totally against this idea when i think odo suggests like well why not have just like uh the simulation do it he's like no we need a real umpire calling the balls and strike ironically he's also gonna get kicked out of the game but does that mean that baseball will not end up going with machine umpires at some point that seems to be what they're predicting but i think in i think in in this version of the universe i do think in like 10 years there will be machine umpires probably mm. uh, it's interesting though because i think odo could have been an incredible asset on the team considering that he is a shapeshifter like he could just shapeshift like a 10 story brick wall and have the ball hit it and he could catch it like yeah. he just he seems nearly unstoppable i mean or if he's going to slide into home plate he could just turn into a liquid and go like yeah. right under the he feet could of shapeshift the... into mike trout well, he's not that good at shape-shifting into people. Hmm. Like, yeah, that's has, kind has, of he, his problem. He has problems with the face uh, yeah. in particular. That's why he sort of looks like he, he got a bunch of silly putty smeared over his face and can't get it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he didn't get lessons because he was, you know, orphaned from his giant lake of friends. He looks like the T-1000, basically. Yeah, Kiva, he's uh, actually slime and he sleeps in a bucket. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And his people, his people are a giant lake, and he got separated from the lake. So the rest of them are much better at shape. They like live on a lake, Jeff. No, they they are. are They are. They are a lake. They are a lake. Yes. And this show is like really popular. Yeah. Well, I mean, the whole reason they had Odo was because it was 1993, and they had just perfected that Terminator Two effect of like the liquid turning into the person, and they're like, "Well, Mm -hmm. what else could we do with this? Let's put it in Star Trek." That's the whole reason Odo exists. Uh, now, are you guys like messing with me on some of this stuff? No, no. not yet. No, no. not yet. <laughs> oh, I thought some of the stuff seems some of the stuff seems fake. No, th- this is all real. Okay, like the Kardashian, I think is fake. No, they Card- are legitimately named Kardashians. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. They, yeah, and, and you know, I guess to to even show more timely nature, they nicknamed them the Cardies sometimes. Oh. Um. The uh. How? Okay. So my other questions were like the the message is the best thing to have in baseball is courage. If you have courage, like you'll win every game. Yeah, I, I think so, that Cisco was just vamping there. I think that was almost like a parody of like baseball speeches in movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very sappy, very schmaltzy. And also, what anthem do they play? They like stand for the national anthem. Is that the Federation a human anthem? Se- I would imagine I think so. so. Yeah. Now there are a lot of humans there, ostensibly from Earth. Like mm-hmm. they couldn't play some sort of, yeah. you know. Also, my big uh, quibble, not tribble, with this episode <laughs> is that they like they're in the hollow suite. They could have been playing uh, in the Field of Dreams Park, mm-hmm. uh, like Old Yankee Stadium, Fenway Park, uh, yep. any classic baseball stadium. And they're just like out in like uh, some like uh, random league field. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, uh, basically. I mean, it does look quite a bit like the field that they have in Cooperstown where they used to play all those amazing games. Mm-hmm. So. You know, it's not a yeah, stretch. I, I think but, it's what uh, some like local yeah. LA college uh, field. Obviously, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah, it's Pepperdine, I think. Right. They, they film everything at Pepperdine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the yeah, I agree. There's uh, they, they could yeah they could have really they could have played the game in uh, in Wrigley Field or something, and and they chose. Uh, Mm-hmm. Know, but maybe, there was like maybe by the time Cisco came around, all that stuff got torn down, and now we just have these like rinky dink 
places to play baseball. Maybe baseball was on its way out when Cisco became so fascinated with it. I mean, it it was. He, that is exactly what happened. Like, he's the only person he knows who's into baseball. Who are the fans in the stands that get zapped out of there? Are they real people or are they sort of holograms? They're, they're holograms. They're, they're yeah. holograms. So, again, Cisco's fine with the fake audience uh, because luckily they don't need to discern between their pretzel tastes. But fake umpire, that's where you draw the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they didn't want to play, pay all those day players for uh, more than, uh, I guess, uh, like 20 minutes. So they just got yeah. them out of there. It's like this episode's getting very expensive. Mm-hmm. We, need to, we need to ad-lib a line where we kick the fans out of the stadium. What do you think it was like for Solok's crew when he came to them? All right, everybody, this is like, uh, here's, what, here's what's going on. There's this guy that I've had a uh, like one-sided feud with for about 30 years, okay? He's really into some Earth game that's uh, long extinct called baseball. We're going to learn it. And we're, we're going to practice really good it every it. day. We're going to get really good at it. Then we're going to go to his space station, and then we're going to play it against him and just beat him. And, and like, uh, this seems very illogical, Captain. Why are we doing this? Like, for spite. Well, you know what it is? Like, Solok really is the Jim Helper of this episode, right? Like, he is going to such great lengths just to troll Captain Sisko. Mm-hmm. Like, the expense of his time, his loved one's time, his friend's time, just to purely get back at him or continue this really one-sided feud and to, to I guess, satiate his own odd whims. Yeah. Because it's not even like the, like the Vulcans are like really like baseball fanatics themselves. Uh, they just seem to have only learned the game to spite Sisko. Yeah, it's it's incredibly petty. And, you know, I I I love I love a good petty gesture. So I'm, I'm kind of about it. Mm-hmm. But it, it's shocking to me that the, the most petty thing in all of Star Trek comes from a Vulcan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems very illogical. Very logical. OK, uh, is there anything else about this Deep Space Nine episode that I keep? Do you feel like that you have really understand the Star Trek universe now? Um, I, there's a lot. I feel like, I feel like it'll take years of, of research, but yeah, I, I, I have a better picture than I did a few hours ago, for sure. All right. Well, two episodes down, 998 to go. I, I think you'll get there. You'll have your mm-hmm. dominion. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's so, but it never ends. Like I'll be catching up, but they'll be like, Hey, here's a new series. It's on like CBS. Uh, like, uh, we brought back CBS all access. You can't find it, but there's a Star Trek series on it. Yeah, I like that idea. It's like, uh, you know, when they did Bandersnatch on Netflix, right? They say that there are some endings that are like trapped that you can never actually access. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe CBS will create a channel like that one day. Like, oh, you can check out, uh, you know, you, you can check out this new season of this show that you've always wanted to see get brought back. But it's only behind this paywall and network <laughs> that nobody ever has the ability to log into at any point in time. That's Netflix premium gold. Hmm. Yeah. It's on uh, New York One Plus only. That's the only way to watch <laughs> Yeah. You have to ask Pat Kiernan for the password. <laughs> Akiva, <laughs> the joke that, was only let, for Jess. Let, well, let me go. Uh, this is a, a wheel idea. It's a little bit out mm-hmm. there, but Mike and Jess are here and they podcast about this. Uh, like, could we do a Bandersnatch of, of Robin Akiva episode? Could we do a podcast episode that's Choose How Your does Adventure? That work? Well, we did one. No, we did. I know we did. You are a shark. Uh, but could we yeah. do it where which, like, which the listeners. Say, yeah, like, uh, really. Everything old is new again on Renap, right? Because uh, speaking of Jeopardy, Ken Jennings brought You Are a Shark into the mainstream mm-hmm. by, in, a year after all of us did. Yeah. So, could, I mean, could we basically, like, could we make a podcast episode where the listeners could uh, ch- choose, uh, where, like, where there's multiple versions of the podcast? Yeah, I think that's fun. I don't know how we would do it. I don't know if the podcast would be us recording all of the different versions. 
Mm-hmm. Mm, I think what you would need to do is record it with some sort of audience. And then they, you would like stop down for a few seconds. They all vote and whoever gets the whatever option gets way more, that's the path you continue mm. down. Uh, Cause I don't think we have the technology at the moment to have people determine in their podcast apps which ending they want well, to listen I'm to. I'm wondering if it could be where that we're just rec- like the podcast is us recording all the pieces and then somebody mm-hmm. would have to make it into the choose your own adventure like uh, yeah, on a website. We'd have to, yeah, we'd have to host it on a website. It's actually not hard to build, mm-hmm. but it would just be you'd have to do it in a browser. Okay. Basically. All right. All right. If someone wants to work on that, let me know because it sounds like a lot of work, but it's a fun idea. Okay. All right. Well, what's next after Take Me Out to the Hollow Suite? Well, let's let's get Akiva involved in the Star Trek universe. Uh, you watched it. Now it's time to become part of it. Uh, we figured what we could do next is talk a little bit about if Akiva were to somehow be in the Star Trek universe, much like, you know, what you did when you got dragged and when you became superheroes. Who do we think he would be? You know, what species? I have a quiz that Akiva can take a la Pottermore to figure out where he would be in Starfleet specifically. Uh, Akiva, I know you have a shallow knowledge of Star Trek at the moment, but like, what, what, what would you ideally, what do you think you would ideally be doing in the future where really you can do anything, eat anything, go see anything? Is there a guy on like this ship who's, I feel like he's, he's more the idea guy. Like he's not, he doesn't really have a day-to-day task, but he's sort of just like, saying like you know it would be more efficient if we did it. he's just like throwing out a lot of half-baked ideas mm-hmm. and like you know more not like middle management but he's he's like a, i'm a, like a consultant like i'm like mckinsey for space yeah and i'm just i'm like pitching That's them ideas. Like first officer mm-hmm. yeah first officer is basically i mean often nicknamed number one is the person behind the position the captain of course if the captain is inconvenienced uh the first officer takes over but usually like they're their go-to, like the consigliere of the captain to talk about what to do in every instance. Mm-hmm. Number one, speaking of number one, uh, like, what's the bathroom situation on Star Trek? Do they, like, do they still, do they not have to use the bathroom no, anymore? In the the bathroom. We'll, we'll get to that. Okay. We'll get to that eventually, okay, Akiva. Put a pin in that. And are there babies on the ship? Yeah, all the time there's mm-hmm. babies. Yeah. Okay, so you could, yeah, all right. In fact, there's uh, actually... Yeah, Chief O'Brien, who you saw uh, having the newly minted scotch gum, uh, actually, his wife had a child earlier in the series Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. Is there like a hospital? Yeah, there's a well. There's sick bay. The doctor delivers the babies. Um, so there's like one doctor, and how many people are on the ship? A few hundred. Uh, okay. There's there's several medical officers. Like there's usually okay. more than one medical officer mm-hmm. around, and they might have someone who's trained in midwifery, or they could. Um, Voyager, for example, has in has instead of a doctor, they have an emergency medical hologram who is just like a computer program. Like WebMD, and he does all the. Yeah, yeah. He, he does all is the there, doctoring. Yeah, is and are there schools? Yeah, yeah. In fact, that's a plot point on Deep Space Nine because it's out in the middle of the boonies. There aren't very many kids, and then Miles O'Brien has a wife who is a botanist, but she doesn't have anything to do either, and she gets so bored that she starts teaching the kids in the school. The botanist. Yeah, the <laughs> botanist. So <laughs> they learn a lot about plants. I don't know what else they learn. Yeah. Fascinating. Well, <laughs> I can just hear the sincerity in your voice right now. No, well, it is interesting. And I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I, I think it is interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, like, I didn't think there was school. Maybe what I can do here, you, Akiva, is I have a quiz right here uh, from viewquiz.com. Mm-hmm. I'm going to throw some scenarios out to you. It's about 10 questions and we'll get your answers on it and we'll see 
algorithmically speaking, if we'll be able to provide where you reside on the ship. Maybe you'll be first officer. Maybe you'll be a go-with guy. Maybe you're going to be working in the engine room. Maybe you'll be the captain of this ship. Maybe a red shirt. Nah. I don't think Akiva knows what a red shirt is in this context. You know what that is? Oh, I think they're the guys who always die. Yes. Yep. Which, yeah, I've heard that. I've heard of that before. Ironically, in football, that if you're a red shirt, that means that you can't die. You can't. Well, they don't. Yeah. Well, unless like uh, the Notre Dame coach is like, hey, climb this tower. There's, um, yeah, in, right. In football, it's like you skip a year and, and uh, you don't you lose your eligibility. Mm-hmm. So the wait, so they're like anonymous people who you know are going to die because they're wearing red shirts and they don't know their names. Yeah, basically, and it stems from the original series where they, the the team would go on away missions, right? Where they like arrive on a planet, they'd say something's up. Let's beam a team down there to explore. It might not be the same people as when they beamed out, but they're still you know look the same. And usually, it was the captain. It was Mister Spock, who was his first officer, his number one. It was usually the doctor, uh, Doctor McCoy, and then it would be like a couple of randos. A couple of featured extras who happen to almost always be wearing red shirts. Surprise, surprise, when blood is shed, uh, guess who you guess who you can't see the blood on because they're wearing red shirts. Uh, it's them. They're the ones that usually die because they're not the name characters. And so that's where the red shirt trend came from. OK. Yeah. And it used to be like anytime you were watching the show, it'd be like you'd have Kirk and Spock and like Johnson and like. I don't know, uh, Bloom. And then, hey. And then it was like, you know, which guys are going to die. And so later on, like Deep Space Nine, especially, would get smart with this. They'd start showing you the same guys on the away mission for like several different episodes. And they're like in the background. They're kind of like, they're kind of like almost NPCs. And they would, they'd be on a bunch of missions. And then when they killed them, you felt like you actually cared. Wow. Yeah. So they learned from their mistakes. Yeah. Unlike poor Bloom, who ends up, I don't know, being impaled on some sort of, I don't know, spike emanating from some alien creature, I'm assuming. Yeah. I think Which he is, got eaten by the Horta. Yeah, I'm assuming I die in the most embarrassing way possible. Like, somehow get I'm pooping in a bush or something, and, like, the bush eats me. I'm assuming that's how I die in the Star Trek universe. Oh, yeah, yeah that's, that's well, very that's lower question decks. of uh, that, you know, we knew, we're going to get into, like, the bathroom situation on the ship. But, yeah, the, uh, that on the away missions, uh, like, uh, nobody ever needs to, like, uh, hey, is there a bathroom on this planet? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because it depends on the uh, acceleration of, you know, some of these planets that they visit are super primal, like mud huts uh and everything like that so yeah it's uh it's 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 a it can really depend on the situation that they're going into it's also the uniforms are interesting right they're usually wearing like not onesies but very tight fitting uniforms Mm -hmm. and so i can imagine in general it is a tough thing to get in and out of when you're really in a bind maybe their food uh is very binding and uh you don't need to go to the bathroom as much Hmm. That's it's a good point. Like there's um, less waste. Maybe they're good flyers, Mike. Yeah, no, that's true. Exactly. They're sitting still for like six hours, <laughs> being like, I very I efficient. Give me the aisle yeah. seat on the window seat on the runabout. I'm not going to get up for any portion of time right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All okay. right. So, Kiva, let me throw some scenarios out to you. Uh, and this is multiple choice. So pick whatever best fits you. Okay. You've just welcomed an alien diplomat on board, and they're making some rather unusual requests. What do you do? A, you go along with the request, but you watch them closely. B, you go along with whatever they say. C, you ask them a little bit about their culture. D, you explain to the diplomat how things are usually done around here. Or E, you inform security immediately. 
I think I tell them how things are normally done. You're hmm. not going to be a Car- you're not going to be a space Karen and tell them out. No, I'm not going to be space Karen. Oh, I like space Karen though. That's fun. Well, mm-hmm. that's actually the 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 Bajoran leader that uh, Jess mentioned earlier. I believe has been coined the nickname Space Karen by modern day Star Trek fans. Wow, I like that. Yeah, because sometimes these diplomats come in and they have like uh, requests that are just like uh, you know not on the level with what the Federation wants to do. All right, you're on your way to deliver urgent medical supplies when you receive a distress signal from a Ferengi trading ship. The Ferengi are, as a reminder, Akiva, as you said, the uh, ostensibly humans with the ears, the very greedy, avaricious types. What do you do? A, the medical supplies will have to wait. You need to attend to the distress signal. B, you're suspicious of the Ferengi. You scan and hail them before beaming over an away team. C, someone else will have to attend to the Ferengi. The medical supplies are urgent. D, you send an away team to the trading ship and continue with the medical supplies and you'll just come back later. Or E, you send a shuttlecraft forward with the medical supplies and you take on the Ferengi. I'll do C. You're basically going to be like, uh, uh, someone else will take care of it. I got, mm-hmm. I got vaccines to deliver. That's right. Do you think they're, are they like, who's not getting vaxxed on the ship? That's a good question. Well, the interesting thing about vaxxing is, uh, you know, if you're talking about the medical situation, nearly every medical malady can be cured with what's known as a hypo spray, which I believe you saw oh. on the show, right? It sort of looked like uh, the like anesthoscope or the, the ear looking thing where the doctor just sort of sticks it into you. Uh, you can essentially cure a lot of illnesses almost instantaneously by giving people hypo sprays. Mm-hmm. Still, probably a lot of people don't want to take it. Like, no, you can't force me to take the hypo spray. My body, my choice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, that hasn't come up yet. Okay. Though maybe, I don't know, again, uh, Star Trek likes to tackle timely issues in a, in a futuristic framing. So I would not be surprised if we get like a but my freedoms medical malady coming up in some sort of future Star Trek episode. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. All right. You have, you have discovered a mysterious alien artifact in some ruins. What's your first instinct? A, you beam it on board immediately. B, you use the computer library to try to find any reference to any languages around it. C, you scan it for any unknown contaminants. Or D, you try to analyze the chemical components of the artifact so you could date it and not in date a uh, Holosuite type of way. Oh, okay. Is that what people do? They're bringing their dates to the Holosuite? Sometimes, yeah. I mean, yeah, if you have maybe some, some sort of like exciting program, sure. Is the weird guy with the money, is he like watching what's going on in the Holosuite? <laughs> you have privacy? Uh, you have privacy. I think- I think privacy, but I think he also knows, right? It's, it's one of these things of like uh, almost like a, a video store, like, oh, Mr. Johnson, I've seen mm-hmm. you rented Deep Space 69 for the 69th mm-hmm. time. I know mm-hmm. what you're into. Yeah. Yeah. What was A? I think I'm going with A. Uh, you beam it on board immediately. Consequences okay, we'll do be that. damned. We'll do that. That's a bad idea. All right. Question five. It is time for shore leave. What are you beaming down to do? A, wherever other people are going. B, mm-hmm. Uh, you go to a conference on artificial life forms. Nerds. See, actually, <laughs> see, actually, you stay on board. Uh, this is the perfect Ooh, opportunity. Vacation. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, D. Risa, obviously, which I can I can talk to you about Risa, and then E. Somewhere you've never been before. I, everyone's leaving the ship. Uh, it's it's shore leave, so I'm assuming it's done in shifts. You know, I don't think they ever. I, don't, I think during shore leave, I don't think they leave boats just unmanned for an entire week. It's like, you know, I, that sounds appealing, but also like, you don't want to be the guy who like doesn't leave the cruise ship when you're going like, all right, we're in Barbados today. And everyone's like going out and you're like, nah, I'm good. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are you doing that for? Point, Riza is like Space Vegas. Yeah. Oh, so why are we? Yeah, you're burying the lead, Mike. We're going to Space Vegas. Well, yeah. No, I mean, Space Vegas, it's very saucy, like covered in sauce. Uh, basically, <laughs> on Risa, what you do is you have a little token called a Horgon uh, that mm. you put on the table. And as people walk by, if they see a Horgon prominent, they know that you want to engage in what's known as Jamar Haron, which means, you know, you're down to hang in a certain way. So it's sort of like the uh, if you want to swing, you go to Risa and you have a good time. I know. Very saucy. Mm-hmm. Very, very saucy. That's a key right. <laughs> Yeah, I'm the sauciest saucy. guy in town. The master of sauce. All right. Uh, well, people, people have been saying I'm buttery more than saucy. Mm-hmm. That's what people have been saying. Have you gotten a lot of feedback on that? Yeah, um, I don't know. A couple. Okay. I don't think people want to hear me say it again, but I don't think it's as bad as Wet Jumper, but it's not great. Mm-hmm. Buttery fit. I feel like any nickname that's around a liquid, unless you're some sort of swimmer, feels mm-hmm. inappropriate. So mm-hmm. you think swimmers, I mean, I don't know, a lot of swimmers don't have like wet nicknames. They didn't call like Michael the Fish Phelps or anything like that, you know? But maybe they should have. Did Michael Phelps have a nickname? Moist Michael Phelps. Moist Michael. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if Michael Phelps had a, a nickname. Uh, maybe he just like even rose rose above that. I mean, I would say if you're naming states of matter that you want your nickname to be, I would say like solid first, then gas. Like, give me a gassy nickname. Or okay, a fine. <laughs> Nitrous Mike. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, call me like, uh, I don't know, Boron Bloom. I'd be Where fine do with plasmas it. fit into all of this? Mm-hmm. Plasma is good. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, Michael Phelps's nickname is the Flying Fish, so that just shows how oh, much okay. all of you know. No, but the fish is out of the water. Not wet. nobody calls him that. <laughs> Wikipedia calls him that. Yeah. Uh, well, then it's true. Hmm. All right, Akiva. Yeah. What's I, next? I, I have bad news for you. Imagine you didn't pass the the, the Starfleet Academy entrance exam. You're not mm-hmm. going to be in Starfleet right now. What mm-hmm. other career could you have pursued? Hey, I can't like call up like, hey, I know someone important. They're going to get me in. No, nepotism doesn't. Oh, actually, sometimes it does. uh, But oftentimes not. Yeah, there's no uh, grandfathering in. That's Uh, the first thing I went to. It's not a great sign. But yeah. Uh, Lori Laughlin here. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I can't give 500,000 space bucks to like the (laughs) rowing coach and he'll put me on the team. And you see, that's the problem. Exactly. There's no it's a cashless society. You can't bribe anyone or you can't like make up resumes of like, yeah, Akiva was on the holographic rowing team. And so you have to Mm -hmm. get a scholarship Mm -hmm. to Starfleet University. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So would you be a a scientific researcher, B an exolinguist translating alien languages? C, you just take anything that lets you explore the galaxy. D, a diplomat. E, anything that helped protect the Federation. Or F, uh, maybe like a, a starship designer. Uh, anything that would help the Federation. Okay. I'm a team player. I'm a, there's no I in team. That's what they say. Is there an I in spaceship? Yes, but whatever. <laughs> All right. You're on duty when you see mm-hmm. a friend slacking off at their station. What do you mm-hmm. do? A, you look the other way. Yeah, yeah that's it. That we're not narcs here <laughs> on Renap. Yeah, you're, you're, we're, we're, we're firmly anti-space Karen here on Renap. Yeah, there's no space Karen. Isn't that like an entire plot arc on Lower Decks? Yeah, exactly. We're like uh, everyone sort of they, they take basically what's known as the, the Scotty method named after a character Montgomery Scott where he's like, this job will take me 45 minutes. I'm going to say it's an hour so that when I do it in less time, I'm a, I'm a miracle worker. 
Uh, and so essentially people realize that and then put them on this like hyper strict clock. Uh, and that's how I live my life with work ethic ever since. So Star Trek has inspired me in so many ways. All right, Akiva, you're stuck on a planet alone with an officer of another species. So maybe not alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, you're, when your universal translator stops working, the universal translator is a device that allows you, no matter what the species, it translates to your language. So you mm-hmm. can communicate with anybody. That has now stopped working and you can't communicate with this other officer. What do you do? A, would you try to teach each other a few key words? B, would you just point at things and hope they under- you understand what they're talking about? C, would you do your work separately and just pray the, translate- the translator kicks in soon again? Or D, would you get a stick and start drawing on the ground? I'm a very bad drawer, famously. Yeah. So I, I, I would do that, but then like only so the person would give up. You know, they'd be like, all right, we'll figure this out later. Oh, so interesting. Like, uh, so you're, you're trying to like play chicken with them of like, I'm going to attempt something and have whoever. I mean, I'm going to try and help, and but I know so that they're going to like. They just walk away. They're going to walk That's away. Smart. They're going to walk away. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Speaking of drawing, I will say so I, I went out with my parents the other night uh, with, with mm-hmm. Angela and Asher uh, because it mm-hmm. was for my birthday. And my son has like a drawing pad, one of those like not etch a sketch, but like Magnet Doodle, I think okay. it was yeah. called back in the day. Yep. Uh, and my mom's like, oh, let me draw you a giraffe. And somehow she thought the giraffe had a long legs and a short neck instead mm. of a long neck and, and long legs. And so she ends up drawing this actually demented looking horse. Maybe that's why horses were on my brain today is because uh, it just made me fundamentally think like, how do you, how do you get a giraffe wrong? Yeah. That's the one key feature. I feel like with the giraffes, the long neck, right? I feel like that's, that's the main thing you would get. So even if Akiva's is a bad drawer, I think like he would be able to get Akiva, a giraffe. Can you draw a giraffe? Uh, I can't draw. I truly cannot draw anything. Again, you're talking well, to someone who's now like. I'm interested. Now I kind of feel like we should put like Pictionary on the wheel. I think you should put uh put some Gardic Phone on there. I know it's more of a visual Gardic medium, but that phone. So Gardic Phone is a is game. Is this that's... like Dominion? <laughs> exactly. Log three thousand hours. It's something that the aforementioned Puya plays, where it's sort of like telephone meets Pictionary, where you're given you play with like a group of people. You're given a phrase. You try to draw that phrase and then like someone else sees the drawing, tries to get figure out what the phrase was from that drawing. Someone then makes a drawing of that phrase. It gets like passed down the line. Wow. And you just see how bastardized it ends up becoming. Jeez. Yeah. It's fun. It's it's very fun. But I think that, yeah, suffice it to say, I think Akiva's sort of like the ROM of that team, right? Mm-hmm. The weak link that's gonna mm-hmm. get benched. Let him play. <laughs> All right. So Akiva. Uh, it's a warp core failure. The engine is failing right now. You mm-hmm. have to evacuate engineering right away, but one of your team is too slow. The warp you- core failing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's basically, the warp core is like the main engine of the ship. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's not doing well. You're saying, like, get out of there. It's going to blow. One guy's a little too uh, slow on the up the uptake. What are you going to do? A, do you keep the doors open and pray the engine doesn't explode before they get out? B, Seal the one person in. C, run in and carry them, hoping you're fast enough to get that back out in time. And D, ask the captain for orders just to see what they say. What was B? Uh, seal them in. No, I'm not doing that. I'm going to ask the captain what to do. All right. Let's see. Then we. Have... I, I drew a giraffe for you guys. Oh, okay. All right. So I, I just drew on autodraw.com. Uh, you can uh, you can look at it. No, the come mo- on. Listen. This was uh, you did this uh, terrible on purpose. Oh my dear God! 
That's Akiva, the, it's that. a long neck. <laughs> that is his neck. That's the giraffe's neck. What the hell is this? <laughs> I, I, you think I'm like trolling. I truly do not know how to draw. Like I am incapable. Like any first grader on earth can draw better than me. It looks like your giraffe got into a battle with Rocky Balboa. It has like one eye sagging. It has I don't no even know ears. where the eye is. I don't even know what this is. <gasps> it looks a little like Stewie. It does, like, it does kind of. It has a football head. Uh, it has two misshapen eyes. It's smiling, saying, mm-hmm. "Of course, it's hit giraffe catchphrase." I'm a giraffe. I'm a giraffe. Yeah. Yes, that's Come what on, giraffes man, always he say. He did this bad on purpose. I will call my wife in here and say, is this a normal Akiva drawing? And mm-hmm. she will 100% say yes. Okay. This is like, a, I mean, I could, like if I had an hour, could I do something better? Sure. But like, you know, with my, with my computer mouse, yeah. I'm saying if I had a few minutes to like right. play with this website. Right. Or do we know what Akiva is yet on this ship? I got, I got a yeah, couple more questions. All right. Let's, <laughs> can we fast yeah. forward? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm fast forward. Don't you worry. Uh, let's talk about some fashion here, Akiva. Put right. You could put the speed. Yeah, yeah. You could put the I'm a giraffe picture into the show notes. I think people would like. Okay. Yeah, make this. If there was, if there were like cover photos you could do for podcasts, I think you, this should definitely be the the new one. Uh, put make it the cover of the Renap subreddit. I'm I'm personally putting in the petition for I'm a giraffe. All right, Starfleet has now has sent out an announcement, Akiva. They mm-hmm. design new uniforms. You're okay. a very fashionably minded person. What are you hoping for? Style icon. Yeah, you're hoping you're hoping for something flattering. Are you hoping uh-huh. for something practical and comfortable? Are you hoping for something that uses the latest advances in technology or something that shows rank and designations clearly? What's the AC situation aboard? You, like, I think we it's don't know, temperate. right? Okay. Yeah, I think, I, think so it's like, because- I think it's like a sweat wicking, I'm assuming, fabric, right? Like, I don't think anyone gets incredibly hot in Starfleet uniforms. I want to be comfortable. All right, practical and comfortable. Yeah, I, I assume that that uniform technology has evolved to the point where everything can be temperature controlled. So yeah. it's like if you want to be a little warm, your uniform will respond to that. No, I don't want to be warm. I want to be. I want to be very cold. You want to be cool as a cucumber, of course. I want to mm. be like. Uh, what do you sit there at in your house, Rob? Depends. Uh, usually seventy six. Oh, oh my god! In the in the summer? Yeah. Why that's too hot? You sit in there. You seventy six. Mm. Yeah, I'm yeah. like at 60. 60? Oh, 60? <laughs> oh my God. I mean, I'd like to be. No, uh, 65. Wow. 65. 65. Now I know. I want to be crazy. 65 is still ridiculous. You're well, killing the environment, Akiva. No wonder you I can't mean, draw. Your fingers are when I was in When I was in a hotel room for a month, like I said, the air was on 65 the whole month. Wow. And you weren't well, even doing that. Room for that. Yeah. I know, but I was in there for a lot and I, you know, I wanted to come back. Like sometimes the. Like the, they would clean the room, not too much because of COVID, but they'd clean the room. They'd like shut off the air. So like, no, no, what are you doing? I want to come when I come back. Like it's got to be 65 for the last 10 hours. Is that, is that just because like you like to leave food out and it's like, let me just make my home a refrigerator. <laughs> it's, a fridge. Anything away? it's a refrigerator. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Last question here. Okay. Akiva, let's get real philosophical here. If you could be remembered for one thing besides being buttery, what would it be? A, bringing peace to two warring worlds. B, discovering the cure for a plague. C, By the way, I think there was uh, conflicting things. I was saying the AC temperature versus the thermostat. It was two, two separate things. Wait, what, what's the difference? Well, um, I mean, I guess, yeah, if you, I mean, if you turn the AC Put that on, on the survey. Is there, is there well, a difference between it's not the AC air. It's temperature just like and the thermostat? Okay. Yeah, but it, it, it well, makes the room 65 degrees, and then it turns off when you get to 65. It's the same idea. I guess. 
Uh, what are we saying, Mike? This? All right, so we got a. Uh, I know. I feel like the, if, if you're turning on the AC, you intend for it to be cool versus the thermostat is like setting the temperature for the room. I of think the there house. are negligible yeah. differences. Mm-hmm. All right, so if you could be remembered for one thing: a, bringing peace mm-hmm. to two warring worlds; b, nah. dis- discovering the cure for a plague. Oh, okay. C. I mean, like people, you know, like the, did the person who came up with the vaccine first? Like, we don't know their name. We'll probably never know their name. So. I don't know uh, if you get all the, the publicity for that, that maybe you would well, do Well, it's because, uh, you know, back in the early days of science, you had one person who discovered it, but now right. everything is done by committee. Yeah, there's no more Jonas Salks in the world. Right. Right. If I was on the committee, Jess, trust me, it would be in my Twitter bio. Mm-hmm. I'm sure like, it is in their Twitter guy bios. Who discovered, guy who discovered, you know, guy who came up with the vaccine. But then you probably get a lot of mean DM. Yeah, I, I think... In a, in a normal world where people mm-hmm. are normal and rational, you could mm-hmm. do that. But yeah, I don't. Maybe you could just lock down certain parts of like who can respond to you, and you could still put it in there because it's still pretty big brag. Yeah, the flex. And, okay, All right, what was the last uh, one? Akiva, please just let's get through this question. <laughs> Peace to two warring worlds. Cure for a plague. Would you just designing a a cutting edge engine that allows people to explore new parts of the galaxy? Or would you want to be known for making first contact with an elusive alien creature? Yeah, that one. I like the movie Contact, first of all. That's underrated, the Jodie Foster movie. Though, to be yeah, is that the one with the, the... No, I'm thinking about Frequency, right? Where they're talking on the radio across yeah, the time. Yeah, that's Frequency. Yeah, yeah through Frequency. That's, yeah, that's a better radio. movie. Yeah. Uh, no, I like Contact better than Frequency. All right. I like Contact. Akiva, well, I'm glad you like Contact, because according to this quiz, you are a communications officer. Okay, so I'm in PR. <laughs> I'm in space PR. Okay. Yeah, you're trying to, what's the best spin for Starfleet? Yeah. So, Akiva, you would like open the hailing frequencies. Now, you have to not talk over the people when they're talking back <laughs> to you on the spaceship, though. No, that'll be hard. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, it's also like, are we in, yeah, comms, PR, like, what's the, you know, am I... No, I don't think they really social media? No, they don't really social media. media. It's just basically no? like, uh, all right, Whitaker, call that other ship. I'm like, all right. You're on the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes you're just sort of like those uh, those women back in the 40s doing like the hang on, I'll transfer your call. Like sometimes yeah. you're just operating that board. But it seems like oh, would, it seems like that they're yeah. also like listening for stuff. So there's a little bit maybe just would you say it's like Clubhouse where it's just basically like if you're in like <laughs> like uh, the Yohora, you're just listening to like, OK, yeah. all right. That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, okay, you, you want to hear this? Come here. Yeah. Well, th- and then the joke in Galaxy Quest, which, um, by the way, Galaxy Quest massively underrated movie um the joke is that the communications officer just repeats everything the computer says mm. so maybe that's I, I kiva you'd be pretty good at that too yeah yeah I, yeah i I don't know I, I also think like would they be calling me for comment like hey your ship just it's like someone on your ship did something offensive and i have to like give them like a very pr you can't answer I, again, I think you're getting this a little bit confused <laughs> with like the, you're not like a press secretary of the ship. Okay, fine. You're no. just the person who's like yeah, working yeah. like the communications of the ship. You're not, you're not the Sean Spicer of the Enterprise. You're, you're the receptionist. Yeah, yeah. No sake okay. bombs. Uh, okay. And I and I would say you know uh, being a human is fine. I think if Akiva was an alien species for the fun of it, uh, I, listen, I I think he'd be a pack led. Uh, I think I think it makes pack led. <laughs> that's oddly specific bloom yeah i i was sort of thinking about it so the pack are a culture of aliens who 
kind of don't want to do things themselves, and so they kind of rely on other people. Oh, it's very those insulting, guys. I think. That, that tracks. That tracks. Well, listen, you're the, someone who markets themselves the lazy Dodger. I feel like it, uh, it, it's self-effacing almost to be like, listen, uh, I don't want to fix my own comp system. So, Jordy LaForge, we're going to beam you over and kidnap you so you can fix our comp systems for us. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Wow. They're yeah, like, that tracks. They're like stupid kidnappers that like uh, try to trick people into doing stuff for them. Hmm. Yeah, I that can't argue. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. They're, what else we got? They're efficient. They're efficient. We have some games for you, Kiva. Okay. Yep. All right. So. All right, so we have a game here that um, this is a version of a game that's become very popular on our Mole Patrol podcast, yes. um, and it's a game adapted for this for the Star Trek episode of Renap. Um, it's a game that we are calling "It's a Fake," and that's mostly <laughs> for Rob's benefit. Yes, yes. Um, play the drop, Mike. It's <laughs> a fake. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the way this game works is um, we have five questions and they're multiple choice. So I'm going to read you four plot lines or stories that have happened in the Star Trek universe. They're all thematically connected. And then you're going to tell me which one of these is fake. Now, Rob, I know you've watched a fair mm-hmm. amount of TNG, sure. so you may be kind of helpful here. Um, but I've gone across all of the Star Trek series to yeah. pull together these um, various plot lines. Okay, there's five and of them. Yeah, there's five of them. And there's five qu- five questions with four options each. Okay. And one of them, three of the, each of the options are real. One of them is fake. Mm-hmm. And we're going to give Akiva the first crack at these, but Rob, you can certainly coach yeah. him. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So our first question, the theme is uh, gross and creepy. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to read you these four plot lines. And again, three of them are real and one of them is fake. So mm-hmm. here's your first one. This happened in uh, Star Trek Enterprise. Uh, on a distant planet, Captain Archer is transfixed by a beautiful woman who turns out to be a shape-shifting psychic giant slug. Mm. The creature has read his mind and taken the form of his ideal woman in order to seduce him in the hope that he and his crew can make the locals stop hunting her people for sport. All right, your second one. This comes from Next Generation. An old friend alerts Captain Picard that he's noticed some very strange staffing changes at the highest levels of Starfleet. And then that friend turns up dead. And it turns out that dozens of Starfleet officers have been taken over by giant worm-like parasites that live in their necks and control their every move. Mm. This one, uh, original series. The Enterprise lands on a planet with a slightly spongy surface. And when Spock attempts to take a soil sample, he realizes they have not landed on a surface at all, but on the belly of a giant creature that immediately swallows the ship. The crew then has mere hours to figure out how to get the creature to vomit them back into space before its stomach acid compromises the hull. Mm-hmm. So Jonah and the whale, but with a spaceship. Yeah, pretty much. And finally, okay. finally, on Star Trek Discovery, while hosting a trade summit with a local crime boss, Admiral Vance offers her a plate of replicated food. And then discloses that in the 32nd century, replicator technology creates food by repurposing human excrement. Ooh. So I think C or D is fake. I don't know if it's the poop or the whale. 
And you didn't specify which mm. animal or porpoise or mammal Always or comes whatever. Always the poop or the whale. The poop or the whale. It's uh, my favorite movie uh, by <laughs> Jeff Daniels. <laughs> Noah Bombach. Yeah, with, yeah <laughs> Noah Bombach's best movie. Um, I'm going to say the whale is fake. Not enough information about what animal it is. Well, it's there's never enough an- information about what animal it is, Akiva. It's Star Trek. That's true. That's true. It's never an animal you've seen. Um, but you are correct. Yeah. That is the one that is fake. Nice. Look at nice you, Rob. You knew that. You knew You're, that, Rob. Yeah, I didn't remember that plot line from uh, Star Trek: The Original Series. So we had poop food, Jess. That was yeah. a, that was a plot. That is real. Um, in the 32nd century, um, they their replicators work by taking all of the waste matter on the ship and repurposing it into food. It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It makes yeah. sense, but it also like, I don't know. There's so much about the the bleak future in so many ways. Star Trek is supposed to be hopeful. It's supposed to be utopian. It's supposed to be this perfect paradise. It, is it worth it living in the future if you have to eat poopy? I'm not sure. Ew. Yeah. If you say it like that, mm-hmm. that's gross. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's it's upsetting. Okay. So Yeah. The the next category um, for mm-hmm. question number two we have fun and games. Oh, mm-hmm. we like those. Yeah. We love fun and games on this. Yeah, show. that's what we're doing right now. It's very meta. Mm-hmm. All right, so here's your first one. This is from the original series. The Enterprise lands on a planet ruled by a self styled general who wears fancy 18th century military garb and immediately commences to bending reality around the crew, causing them to disappear and reappear, changing their clothing and eventually sentencing Captain Kirk to death in an elaborate courtroom scene. Until the general's parents, two beings of pure energy, show up to collect their child and apologize profusely for his antics. That's number one. Here's number two. Mm -hmm. This is from Deep Space Nine. The senior staff of Deep Space Nine make contact with a new species called the Wadi, who are obsessed with games. They suddenly find themselves transported into an elaborate puzzle game called Chula, a sort of high-stakes shoots and ladders where they are tortured in new and more challenging ways on each level. Back at Quark's bar, the Wadi force Quark to bet on the outcome of each puzzle. Their third one, this is this comes again from Star Trek Discovery. Um, Ensign Tilly discovers a centuries-old text-based adventure game buried deep within the ship's subroutines, and she and several crewmates become transfixed by it, spending their off hours trying to unlock each level. As the final boss approaches, Commander Reno suddenly becomes concerned that solving the game might release a virus or otherwise corrupt the system, so she beats the game while everyone else is sleeping, infuriating them when they discover they've been spoiled. They refuse to believe she was genuinely concerned. And finally, mm-hmm. this, this is from Star Trek Voyager. Yeah. The, crew, the crew of Voyager discovers three aliens in suspended animation. To figure out how to wake them up, they attempt to tap into the collective subconscious of the aliens, only to find themselves sucked into a weird circus ruled over by a sadistic clown that threatens to kill the aliens if anyone tries to wake them up. I think the clown is fake. I think like the nerdy game sounds very Star Trekky. The the Wadi game. I'm going to say the clown is the D is fake. The D okay. is fake. Rob, do you have any do you have any opinion on uh, this? You know, I feel like that the first two sounded real. I don't remember the uh, enterprise, the, the uh, discovery, or I, I think I would agree with Akiva. All right. Well, you're incorrect. It is the discovery one that is discovery, fake. Discovery. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, creepy clown. Uh, creepy clown. Rob, I guess I'm too spooky. Put, I'm going to skip that. Watch episode. that one. Yeah, yeah. totally. Say, put that away in your mind, Rob. Of like, oh, clowns in Star Trek. I thought you could never escape no. them. 
Should I? When I read about that one, I was like, we're definitely using that one because I know how Rob feels about clowns. Yeah, I'm going to Google creepy clown uh, Voyager. Yeah, don't don't say anything about the creepy clown in Voyager. Okay. Yeah, I'll be I'll be making incognito because I don't want your uh, your ads to be influenced by this. Oh, stuff. that's true. That would be scary. Yeah. Oh my god! Love creepy clowns. Here's some in your area. Hmm. Yep. Yep. Local creepy clowns want to meet you. Okay, got it. All right. So remember when we were talking about the transporter earlier, and I said to put a pin in it because now we're going to talk about transporter malfunctions. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of these on Star Trek over the years. Yep. Yeah. All right, so here's a, here's a plot line from Star Trek The Next Generation. Mm-hmm. The Enterprise finds a man stranded on a deserted science outpost who looks exactly like Commander Riker. It turns out he is Commander Riker, or rather a duplicate of Riker who was created in a transporter accident eight years prior. The duplicate mm-hmm. Riker decides to go by his middle name, Thomas, and he joins the crew temporarily, but he finds himself resenting Will Riker, who's lived a great life while he was stranded for eight years. Not to mention things are awkward with Deanna Troy, who had been dating Riker at the time of the accident. Classic. Classic. (laughs) All right. And this one's from Enterprise. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Enterprise's first transporter has been installed. And because some of the crew are a little afraid of it, Captain Archer offers to take the first trip along with his beagle, Porthos, only for Porthos to fail to rematerialize when it's time to beam back aboard. Mm. The ship's computer speaks in whines and barks for a while, and a few systems go haywire when someone finds a tennis ball on the bridge. But Chief Engineer Tucker eventually finds Porthos's transporter pattern trapped within the ship's hollow matrix, and he's able to bring him back. Okay. And um, here's from Star Trek Voyager. Tuvok and Neelix are in the midst of being transported back to the ship. How do you spell Tuvok? T-U-V-O-K. He's a Vulcan. Yeah, okay. just, and he's not just, a hologram. Just making sure he's not fake, Jeff. Just yeah, making sure. He's not just a fake. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. T-U-V-O-K. Um, mm-hmm. He's a, yeah, he's a Vulcan. And Neelix is a different, he's a Talaxian. He's a different species. Um, sure. If we haven't seen. Yeah, he kind of sucks. Ooh, Neelix. Yeah. Um, so Tuvok and Neelix are in the midst of being transported back to the ship when the transporter malfunctions and fuses them into one being. Hmm. Tuvix, as he, re- as he styles himself, lives among the crew for a month while the doctor looks for a way to reverse the process, and he becomes a valued member of the crew. By the time the doctor finds a cure, Tuvix has developed a strong sense of identity as his own being, and he feels that being separated will be the same as murdering him. Oh, so he stays like that forever? No, they murder him. Oh, jeez. Yeah. yeah, so I think I think D is real. I'm going to say B is fake. Well, we got another yeah, yeah, one. Hold so. on. Yeah. Oh, down. sorry. Yeah, yeah, there, is there is no D. There is no I D meant, I meant... Sorry, yeah, I, this I, thought one's we, I forgot we yeah. didn't do four. Yeah. Okay. Um, That's so, real. Yeah, this one comes from uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. Uh, Captain Picard, Ensign Rowe, Keiko O'Brien, and Guinan are beaming back to the ship when a transporter malfunction regresses them down to having the physical appearance of 12-year-olds. The ship is later overtaken by rogue Ferengi, who imprison the adults but ignore the kids, who are then able, with the help of Worf's son Alexander, to retake the ship. When it comes time to reassume their old bodies, Ensign Rowe decides to stay a kid for a while in order to enjoy the kind of childhood she couldn't have on her war-torn homeworld. All right, so there's your four. You have um, you have Commander Riker gets duplicated, and the second yeah. Riker just kind of goes out into the world and resents the first Riker. You mm-hmm. have uh, Porthos the Porthos the Beagle gets stuck in the transporter. You have Tuvok and Neelix becoming Tuviks, and then you have the some of the staff becoming kids. I think A is fake. I think the first one, A and C are similar. I think A is fake. Uh, Rob, you have any input? Yeah, C is fake. 
Tuvix is not real. No. You're Tuvix both is wrong. real. <laughs> You're both wrong. Tuvix is very real. Is it the um, dog getting stuck or whatever? Yeah, the dog getting stuck is the fake. Oh. Yeah, Tuvix yeah. actually uh, one of the most incredibly controversial moments in Star Trek history because the captain, as we said, ends up carrying it through and many thought like a Starfleet captain would never murder someone. Yeah, is it murder if two people are fused into one? Yeah. 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 And, um, and it turns out that like Tuvix has all of the best qualities of both Tuvok and Neelix and everybody likes him better than either one separately. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess there but, is a Tuvix meme. Yeah, well, I I belong to this Facebook group called Star Trek Shitposting, and um, mm-hmm. half of the posts are about Tuvix. <laughs> and most, and most okay. of it's actually, and most of it's actually just eating the the same post. Which that are actor played Tuvix? Uh, they had a third actor that they third brought actor. in, who kind of Smart. interacted with both of the other actors and kind of got the personalities down because they figured they couldn't cast either one of the actors because they might favor one or the other. Yeah, that does beg that does beg the question: Do we think Rob Kiva? Would be like the ultimate podcaster in that mm. regard, and mm. take over for question. this podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if the two of you fused into one being, yeah. If we split you back again, would we be murdering Rob Kiva? Hmm. I don't know. Would Rob Kiva be a better podcaster than either of us uh, separate? It would take. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, it's a good question. I don't. I don't I mean, know. I, mean, what, I, guess, I guess, the, the thought experiment is that it does, right? So I guess the mm-hmm. question is: Would you rather have Rob Kiva? monologuing to himself every weekend or would you rather separate them two but in the process know that as an audience you are murdering rob kiva hmm. Hmm. well you'd have guests i suppose on rob kiva needs a podcast we have to switch the theme song mm-hmm. Hmm. yeah yeah i don't know interesting i'll think about it <laughs> not not worth changing the theme song no yeah. we just keep the keep the theme song forever yeah okay. i don't think you need to change it much like, I guess you would just take it to end. You could probably cut it and like yeah. you could probably edit it a little bit. Know, but uh, it's not really a nap anymore. Can you, can you do a quick drawing of Rob Kiva for a second with your expert drunk skills? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I could do one of those. Yeah. Rob Auto, Kiva there's somebody could do it in Photoshop. Yeah, yeah. I, I, Autodraw.com. I, someone is already merging your faces in Photoshop. Mm-hmm. That's already happening. Yeah, just want you to be comfortable with that. Well, what what season was this uh, Tuvix fiasco? Um, I'll was have to towards the up. end. Yeah, no, it was it was like solidly in the middle. It I think it was solidly in the middle. Let me look that up. I think I sort yeah. of like once they went to the uh, like, season two, episode twenty four. So pretty early. Okay. Yeah. I mean, this was near the end of the season, though, right? So they're just like we're yeah. running out of ideas. Uh, yeah, two characters merged together. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely something they had never done before. It's a great idea. Yeah, I think I was very much a Voyager casual. Yeah, as was I, but um, this is a great episode. And I, I don't actually get into here any of the, um, like, Voyager also had the worst episode of Star Trek ever made. Which one is well, that? Uh, Threshold. Oh, that's, that's the one. I don't think it's going to be on the quiz, right? Though, or can we, can, should we spoil no, it? No, it's not on my quiz. Yeah, we can spoil it. Is that where they go so fast that they de-evolve? Yeah, that's when uh, Tom Paris and Janeway evolve into lizard creatures and then they are stuck on a planet having lizard babies and then they become themselves again and they never talk about the lizard babies again hmm yeah so rob be warned this is what happens when you continue to watch things at 3x you're going to turn into a lizard person yeah that's wild yeah but what if the lizard person feuds with akiva would we like oh, that that's interesting so yeah. ri- lizard rob, i get along i get along with people you think i would feud with the lizard person mm-hmm. I, i'm saying like lizard rob with? kiva i don't know how we mm-hmm. 
How we like that? I think we'd, I, the food would be a big issue. Like, I don't know if we yeah. take after me wanting to eat all day or Rob being very indifferent towards medium? food. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I'm, I don't know if I'm willing to budge is what I'm saying. You mm-hmm. know? Well, apparently. Well, well, what's the thermostat going to be set at? That's <laughs> mm-hmm. a big question. Yeah, that's yeah, a question. Somewhere between Rob's 100 and my 50. <laughs> yeah, but Akiva has plenty of money, so he doesn't mind having the thermostat at 65. Well, I wasn't paying for it in the hotel. Mm-hmm. That was at the hotel at mm-hmm. 65. You were paying for the hotel, right? <laughs> no, the work was <laughs> no. paying for the hotel. Okay. Well, you were paying for it one way or another. One way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah, we have another one of these uh, uh, quizzes. I feel like got, I'm doing yeah, okay. Yeah, we got two more. Yeah, you're doing great, actually. You've got one right, which is more than yeah. Josh Wiggler usually gets right. So, Akiva, mm-hmm. should they advertise in a hotel room unlimited electricity? I think so. I, I do feel bad usually. Like, I usually am good with stuff like that. Um, but I also was like, but charge all your be? devices. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Unlimited, if you're, if you're advertising unlimited electricity, that makes me then assume, do some, do some hotels give you charge you an electric bill? Any- <laughs> that, that was- Actually, <laughs> they some must of get them some do. deal, right? They should. They all should. Yeah. There's a, um, in the Bahamas, this place we stayed had a resort fee. It yeah. was like, it was like for the electric bill. Charge hotel guests for the electricity. That's a great way to save the environment. Yeah. That, yeah, that, that's like a Nathan for you, Scott. Like the, the mission. <laughs> save, the, save the planet. Charge Give, hotel guests yeah, for because yeah, like, they're all running the AC at 62 the whole day. It's, it's free mini bar because like the bottle of soda and like the Milky Way bar, that's nothing. Like free, we, we advertise a free mini bar, but we do ch- like to make up for it, we charge for the AC. Could they put an, could they put an exercise bike in the room and let you generate some of your own if you didn't want to pay oh, for it? Oh, that's a good yeah. idea. Ooh, and then like you save the gym fees. Yeah. BYE, so bring your own electricity. See, Jess, yeah. I thought it was minibar style where you'd be teasing us with more electricity. Like, mm. here's like eight hair, you know, like hair dryers if you want to use them. And yeah. like, like you have to open up the extra outlet and then it costs money as soon as mm-hmm. they know you've opened the door. Yeah. Ah, so okay, so no, your idea is that you're like generating the electricity yeah. you yourself. You could generate the electricity, or you could pay for it. And if you can't pay the bill, then you just have to be like a human fan, like a waiter in the restaurant, right? The, right. The next, the next person who comes in, mm-hmm. exactly. Um. All right. What's all what's right. the next uh, question? The next question. Uh, our theme is holograms gone wrong. Okay. So, um, this is all about like we learned a little bit about the hall of suites and the hall of decks. And um, I told you a bit about the emergency holograms. So that's what that's what family this is all in. Okay. Okay. So first off, we have uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. Data, a huge Sherlock Holmes fan, mm-hmm. wants to play a holodeck mystery that takes him longer than 10 seconds to solve. Jordy LaForge works with the computer to create a character capable of defeating Data, which has the effect of transforming Professor Moriarty, who's like the Sherlock Holmes bad guy into a hyper-intelligent AI that can break the bounds of the program and seize control of the ship. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay, this one's from Star Trek Picard, which aired last summer. Um, Picard hires a transport freighter called La Serena, which is owned and captained by Chris Rios. Apart from Rios, La Serena is crewed entirely by emergency holograms that look exactly like Rios, but feature different personalities and accents. This is from uh, Star Trek Lower Decks, which also mm-hmm. aired last summer. Um, Ensign Rutherford creates a tutorial program he calls Badgie, a cheerful anthropomorphic insignia reminiscent of Clippy. But Badgie becomes corrupted after an encounter with an enemy ship and turns on his creator, disabling the holodeck safety pro- protocols and violently attacking him. And finally, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. 
Chief O'Brien's five-year-old daughter, Molly, is obsessed with a Holosuite program about colorful, fuzzy creatures that resemble tribbles. We talked about tribbles, remember? Mm-hmm. When Chief O'Brien reaches his absolute limit with the program, he attempts to hack into Quark's system and delete it, only for the program to infest the replicator in Quark's bar and flood it with rainbow tribbles. Where tribbles very funny. Yeah, it is very funny. Mm-hmm. You ever have a fribble? Mm. That's what very, is a fribble again? That's a very New England thing. From Friendlies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do, do they still oh, have Friendlies? Yeah. I think they still they still exist, but I think there's very when, few. When I was a kid, I feel like getting ice cream at Friendlies, because the ice cream there would be kosher, even though like the rest of the food wasn't. Mm-hmm. Interesting. At some of the Friendlies, was like, it was such a treat. That was like the one of my favorite food things to do when I was a kid. Yeah. yeah I feel like I feel like Friendlies has sort of been, I don't know, pushed out of the way in lieu of like Dairy Queen or even Denny's. Like yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I guess maybe it's the the similarity in the, the the name structure and like the apostrophe S at the end, but I feel like people talk about Denny's over Friendlies. Yeah, for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Friendlies is like that. I, I just they also they have like ice cream uh in supermarkets like they have a chain you know they have like a mm-hmm. brand that you and it's not so good i don't sure. know also mm-hmm. sure all right akiva which which yeah. of the hologram the one the last one i think d is fake what do you think rob yeah i because i know that uh deep space nine they did the triple episode where they did it like with time travel so i i feel like that they didn't double down on the triples at quark's bar yeah, I mean, that's a well you could certainly have gone back to, but they did not. You guys are correct on that one. Yeah. Okay, mm. we've got your final question. This is um, time travel oh. is your theme of your final one. Okay, so from Star Trek The Next Generation. Oh, we didn't really tell you about Q, Akiva. But he but... did watch Cupid. Oh, that's right. He did watch. Mm. Okay, so you know yeah. who Q is, right? Okay. Yeah, so, and that's the Star Trek one, not like the like guys with the like no, the American flag. No, okay, no, right. no, 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 no. Okay, I, right. I, I bet John Delancey is really pissed off that those guys are a thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So this is from Star Trek: The Next Generation. Q sends Captain Picard on a temporal scavenger hunt of sorts by sending various members of the senior staff across space and time, claiming that this will help him understand humanity's history and give Picard a chance to prove the lengths he'll go to for his crew. But the joke's on cue because their first stop, 1930s San Francisco, is Picard's wheelhouse thanks to his favorite holodeck program. Mm-hmm. Okay, your second one. This is from Deep Space Nine. On their way to drop Nog off at Starfleet Academy. <laughs> Nog is Quark- kind of like NGOG, Akiva. Mm. It is true. Nagog. Mm, it's true. Mm-hmm. Nagog. So, uh, you should Quark- be the mascot. <laughs> Just I, imagine. Did, I don't think Allie's ever seen Star Trek either. No, don't tell Allie. I just want you to one day see if you could change the podcast artwork to be just a picture of Nog from Star Trek. Oh, yeah. I definitely have access to all the artwork and stuff. Can, like can, that. I, can I Photoshop something for you? I have this in my head. I have the picture of what that should look like. Yeah, please give Nog Zoe Deschanel's bangs. I That's think exactly needs, what that I'm needs picturing. needs to be the artwork. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So Quark, Ram, and Nog are going to Starfleet Academy to drop off Nog. And they accidentally get thrown back in time and they crash land in Roswell, Nevada. After a series of increasingly hostile encounters with military and scientists, eventually they escape by flying their ship directly into an atomic bomb test. Mm -hmm. Quark laments missing an opportunity to sell off their future technology and take over the planet. All right. This is from the animated series, which we haven't much talked about, but it's underrated. Um, 
After a run-in with the Guardian of Forever, Spock returns to the Enterprise to find that nobody recognizes him and someone else is doing his job. What? He returns to Vulcan to learn that the timeline has been altered to one where he died in an accident as a child. So Spock goes back in time and poses as his own cousin to save his child self and restore the timeline. And finally, this is from uh, Star Trek Enterprise. After apparently destroying an alien weapon that was aimed at Earth, the Enterprise discovers that they've gone back in time to 1944, where enemy aliens have also time-traveled and are using a combination of altered historical events and future technology to change the course of World War II, marking an important battle in the Temporal Cold War as various factions attempt to alter history in their own favor. I think the fake one is, I think you were just trying to get the animated series involved, make feel <laughs> like, you know, appreciated. So I think the animated series one is fake, Jeff. All right, Rob, what do you think? Um, that, well, what's the second one again? Uh, this is uh, the Ferengi landing in Roswell, no, Nevada. No, that's, that's real. Uh, and then uh, the, the first one is? First one is uh, Q sending Captain Picard across space and time to find his senior staff. Yeah, I don't think that that's real. All right. So, Rob, you're correct. And I, I knew that if I tried to slip a, a next generation fake one past you, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be able to do it. Yes. And um, I was that's my, that. I mean, I've seen every episode of the. I know. Uh, I know you have. Next generation. Mm. Yeah. Well, uh, depending on how we look at it, you got you all got either 40 or 60 percent correct. And that's better than Josh and Zed typically mm-hmm. do on a Mole Patrol week. But anytime you guys want to turn in, tune into Mole Patrol, we do the quiz and it's always a different theme of television shows every week. And um, the great Sarah Carradine gave us a question about this totally bonkers Australian kids show called Round the Twist that completely broke josh wiggler mm-hmm. like you've seen him broken yes. you have not seen him broken like this wow. it was new territory and um it it has kind of we've had trouble like rebounding and making the quiz fun again after it was maximum fun but we're getting there listen okay. we're humans right we're gonna celebrate the fact that you got even one question right yes, the moral yes. victory. okay yeah yeah the moral victory it's That's it's right. manufactured victory Mm-hmm. I'm, gonna ask, I'm gonna ask for your autograph, Jess. We're drinking in the bar. I'm celebrating. Yeah. I'm excited. Throw the baseball up. All right. Yep. I got I got one more game for you. We're gonna go warp speed on this one. But look, mm-hmm. you're about to engage, engage on indulging into many, many more episodes of Star Trek after this, hopefully. I think you should know how many famous faces have appeared on Star Trek over the years because it is okay. quite a number. You know, LeVar I didn't Burton? know that. Uh so what I'm gonna do, I just came up with a really quick game. Uh, I'm going to give you two names, one yeah. of whom has been on Star Trek, one of whom has not. You mm-hmm. have to guess who was the one who was on Star Trek. Okay, fine. So let's start with uh, your wheelhouse here. Let's talk Seinfeld stars. Who appeared on Star Trek? Jason Alexander or Patrick Warburton? I don't know if War... I guess I guess everyone's old enough because this was 98. It wasn't like old school. Yeah, well, and remember, gonna, th- oh. this is also Star Trek's expanding all yeah. shows. So this yeah, is- I'm going to say Alexander seems like he would like to do a stint on Star Trek. I'm going to say George Costanza was on Star Trek. Yes, he wanted to, and he did. Uh, Jason Alexander appeared in Star Trek Voyager as a spokesperson for a group of alien scholars. I could see him being a big Star Trek fan also, Jason Alexander. All right, well, let's stay on this same trail and talk about one-time Jerry Girlfriends, who appeared mm-hmm. on Star Trek. Anna His seventeen-year-old high school. Oh no, no not no, real. No, no, sorry, no. sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. Uh, Anna Gunn or Terry Hatcher? I think the episode with Terry Rat Hatcher was not real nor spectacular. I think it's Anna Gunn. 
Uh, it's the exact opposite. She was real and spectacular on uh, the Star Trek The Next Generation. Mm-hmm. Rob, you knew that? Um, wh- who was she again? She was uh, just a random Starfleet person on the Outrageous Okana. Okay. All right, let's talk about a new obsession of yours, Akiva, the Fast and the Furious. Yes. These mm-hmm. two often butt heads. Only one of them appeared in Star Trek, though. Vin Diesel or Dwayne the Rock Johnson? Oh, uh, 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 Vinny D. He's older. He was probably around longer. I don't think The Rock was on Star Trek. The Rock was on Star Trek. Wow. What? When? So he was in a Voyager episode where he essentially plays like this big barbarian fighter. This is back during his like proto WWE days. days. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he uh, it's interesting. Yeah. Some people appear like in, you know, obviously in more accomplished roles as bigger names. Some just started out like your Terry Hatchers uh, and The Rock is the latter. And Hmm. can I just put in a fact check that um, Vin Diesel is only five years older than The Rock? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's not a generational thing. <laughs> no, I know, but I, I like I, I sort of like know most of the trajectory of the Rock's career, and I feel like the Vin Diesel toiled in relative obscurity longer than the Rock did. If that's fair, mm-hmm. I think. So, like, I think it, I would also say Vin Diesel though as well, because Vin Diesel is also like that underground nerd, right? Like he loves to play D and D on the set of his movie. So I think it would make his, sense, sort of like in the Jason that. Alexander mold. He's talked about it a lot. Uh, he's talked about like wanting to be involved in a D and D movie. Uh, for mm-hmm. a while now so like he is he's a big old nerd that Vin Diesel emphasis on big wow alright I know that Akiva which of these two unique musicians had a role on Star Trek Matt Frewer aka Max Headroom or David Byrne of the Talking Heads <laughs> now we're getting like into the weeds here I'm gonna say David Byrne was on was on uh, Star Trek no it was Max Headroom oh wow yeah, is he a musician, Mike? I don't know if he counts as a musician. <laughs> I mean, uh, there's music, I suppose, around him. I'm not sure. It was there's, ca- there's so many other musician directions you could yeah. have gone with that, which we'll talk about mm-hmm. after the quiz. I think he's in a video. Yeah, that's. I guess that's more so like I'm associating his weird image. But yeah, he did not. Uh, I guess he's used to being made up, but he actually looked relatively normal in the episode that he was in. Mm. Mm, that's true. Which one of these Comedy Central leads from back in the day was on Star Trek Akiva? Sarah Silverman or Amy Sedaris? I'm going to say, I don't know. I, I don't know of Sarah being on Star Trek. And I, don't, I know less about Sedaris. Somebody with Sedaris. It is Sarah Silverman. Oh, what was she in? She was in a two-part episode of Star Trek Voyager. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. And it was one of these like random roles back when she was being comedy's it girl in like the, the mid to late 90s. Akiva, are you thinking that maybe Star Trek Voyager could be the next uh, episode or rewatch podcast that you do? No, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already spoiled on half the stuff from the quiz. Yeah, well, I don't know. You're gonna have a great time with Tuvix, I can already tell. Yeah, yeah Tuvix does sound fun. That I'm gonna watch. All right, let's talk some cheers here, Akiva. And here's a familiar face for you. Kelsey Grammer or John mm-hmm. Ratzenberger, who's appeared on Star Trek. Yeah, I know. <sighs> he hates Kelsey Grammer. I hate Kelsey Grammer. Of course, everyone loves John Ratzenberger. Another fellow uh, Jeopardy contestant, like Jess. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the Rats was on, not not Kelsey. I'm gonna say Ratzenberger was on Star Trek. No, the Rats have fled the ship. Uh, I'm I'm listening to Kelsey Grammer on Star Trek: The Next Generation. Okay. Basically, Is that a country fact. grammar reference. Uh, no, I think wasn't I'm listening was the uh, was his catchphrase, right? His Dr. Oh, yes. Yes. 
Uh, yeah, he shows up at the very end of a very famous episode of Star Trek, cause and effect. He basically shows up at the end as like this beleaguered captain saying, hey, we've been lost in this temporal loop for like years and years and years. All right, let's talk some, uh, you know what, the Spider-Man trailer just released. Which one of these two girlfriends of Peter Parker was in Star Trek? Kirsten Dunst or Bryce Dallas Howard? I'm going to say uh, BDH. I think I like maybe very recently she was on like the Paramount Plus one or something. No, we're going KD. Uh, she was on as a super little girl in the Star Trek The Next Generation. Oh, okay. Yeah, around What's- the interview with the vampire era. What's Kristen done stuff to? She's still acting. She, uh, I feel like she was. So she was in Fargo a few years ago, right? I think she's she's doing some stuff actually. I think it's been a bit of a, a Dunstestance. Oh, the Dunstestance. <laughs> yeah, rolls rolls off the tongue. Uh huh. All right. How about uh, some stars from Mad Max Fury Road? Tom Hardy or Charlize Theron? Well, first of all, we know Charlize Theron from from Fast uh, and Furious. Fast and Furious. Yeah. She's, the, she's the big bad right I, I now. Cipher. Cipher. Yeah, I'm going to say uh, Hardy. Uh, yes, you're correct. Tom Hardy actually plays a cloned version, a uh, younger version of Jean-Luc Picard in the film Star Trek Nemesis. Oh. One of mm-hmm. his uh, first big roles. Yeah. All right. Now, these next two I know are definitely musicians. So are these the more... last two, Mike? <laughs> these are the last, these are the last two. I, this was okay, the game at Warp Speed. Yeah, this is worth it. All right. Last two. David Bowie or Iggy Pop? Is there a trick question? Is it neither? I can't see either being on there. I'm going to say Bowie. I'm sorry. It was Iggy Pop. Iggy Pop. Mike, well, Rob, what do you know about Iggy Pop? Uh, does he make the theme song to the Jim Rome show? I'm not sure. Hmm. I don't know. Apparently, he's a big Star Trek fan. Uh, so he basically got like covered in makeup. And this actually happened with a few people uh, since I didn't include them. Like the uh, guitarist for Rage Against the Machine was in an episode. Uh, so like they they really just like to throw these people in makeup. Mm. These musicians like say, just stand there and make weird noises. Mm. And Mick Fleetwood is my favorite. Like Google Mick Fleetwood Star Trek. It's fantastic. And then finally... We talked about Anna Gunn before, but let's talk about some better call stars, Saul stars, Akiva. Michael McKean and Jonathan Banks. I'm going to say McKean was in Star Wars. Uh, Star Trek, sorry. I'm going to count you half right because the trick question, they're both in Star Trek. Oh, oh wow. Okay. What was so, Jonathan Banks? Jonathan Banks was uh, in Deep Space Nine. He was the, the leader of like this ragtag underground militia. And Michael hey, McKean. We're a ragtag bunch of militia people. And he, he's also in heavy makeup. So yeah. this makeup uh, it, is pretty heavy. You you recognize his voice before you realize it's him, and it's mm-hmm. really trippy post Breaking Bad. And Michael McKean just recalled the, the the episode of Rob's Nightmares with the clown. Michael McKean played said clown. Mm-hmm. Yes, he I did, did get I believe, that in my Google. Yeah. I believe he is credited as Fear Clown. Fear Clown. Yep. Not good. All right. So hopefully with some of those, you know, IMDb credits under their belts, Akiva, hopefully this helps uh, grease the way for you to or butter the way for you to be able to undergo some Star Trek, knowing that you get to see some famous faces along the way. Okay. That's exciting. Yeah. Okay. But Akiva's face blind, so he'll have to just scour the credits. So say like, yeah. oh, look at that. that I'll be person. I'll be like the catcher uh during that game who was like he didn't know who to tag, so they all look the same, so just tagging one after the other. <laughs> which by the way was a funny 
was a funny scene. We didn't talk about that. That was a funny scene in the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big play at the plate. All right. Uh, Mike and Jess, is there anything else about the world of Star Trek and this crash course for Akiva that you want to share? Uh, well, I'm glad that it went over well. I think we, I think Mike, you did a very good job of picking the right episode for Akiva to watch. And yeah, I liked the episode. Yeah, I think if if you want to check out more sometime, uh, we'd be happy to curate a list of good episodes to get you started um, with any series you want to watch. Um, Voyager might be kind of watching, getting into Star Trek on hard mode, but um, there's really, there's something great to be found in every one of these series, except maybe Enterprise, but, you know, don't quote me on that. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Star Trek Enterprise has a kick-in theme song. Uh, yeah. I yeah, half the, every post in my Star Trek meme Facebook group that is not about Tuvix is about Faith of the Heart. <laughs> Basically, Akiva, all the other, st- I mean, you, you listen to Deep Space Nine, right? Like, the, the, the themes to Star Trek are very, like, orchestral and soaring and they decided for one series to just bring in like an 80s rock band to do uh, a lyrics filled song called faith of the heart for one of theirs a diane warren song Mm. sung by a rod stewart sound alike actually you know what i think i may have it queued up let me Uh, see if i can if, if i can find it and play it here mikey on the spot all right here we go it's been a long long these are also over images of like uh, like ships exploring the world yeah it's a very different aesthetic yeah and I, I will say I was so excited that it had been about two years since we'd had like new Star Trek and I was like new Star Trek very excited for this and I tuned in I was out on Enterprise in 30 seconds. By the time I heard that song, I'm like, nope, this isn't for me. Wow. The song killed it. That was it. You gotta have a good theme song, Akiva. Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys know this. You counted, you bracketed them twice. <laughs> That's true. That's true. This was not in any of the brackets. Yeah. No. Maybe the third one. Okay. All right. Well, thank you both for all of the hard work. Uh, you put a lot of time into this. Greatly appreciate it. Um, Thank you, guys. Yeah. Are, are, uh, is anybody planning to stick around for the mailbag? Sadly, I have to go back to work. Okay. How about mm-hmm. you, Mixed Master Mike? I'm here. This is my five-year mission. Okay. I'm, All right. I'm, put, I'm, I'm at the chair right now at the comms. Okay. All so, right. Yes, I'm going to beam out. Well, Jess, what, <laughs> what's, what's coming up for you before you beam out? Um, well, we're we're working on uh, wa- rewatching the 2001 reality series The Mole over on Mole Patrol. Um, Season Brooklyn's- two. Yeah, season two, which is it for my money, maybe the greatest season of reality TV ever made. And wow. um, Brooklyn Zed and I are longtime fans of this series. Uh, Josh Wiggler has never seen it, does not know anything about it, is watching it completely unspoiled. And it's been much easier since it hit Netflix. So we encourage everybody to watch along with us as we go through the mole. And How many seasons of the mole are there, Jess? There are. Well, it depends. Akiva, this is a longer answer than you are asking for. Yeah. But it's like it's like Star Trek. It's like Star Trek. There were two Anderson Cooper seasons. Uh, this is before Anderson Cooper was famous. Um, he did the, he hosted the mole there. Mm-hmm. And then there are two seasons of, um, celebrity mole. Um, and then one other season of, they tried to reboot it again in like 2008. Like during the and, writer's strike. Yeah. yeah. And then there are also at least 50 to 60 international seasons of the mole and you can go far down a rabbit hole it's not a rabbit hole i personally rabbit have ever mole. explored 
Yeah. So if you got very into the idea of the game, there is literally like you could become that guy who knows the mole better than everybody else. But again, if the feedback on our podcast is any indication, you would have a lot of competition for that as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah. And we are coming up on um, in a couple of weeks. We're going to hit the episode of the mole that contains, for my money, the number one greatest moment in all of television. Mm. And I have actually we have made plans to be in the same room with Josh Wiggler when he experiences this moment. Wow. And I cannot wait. That's commitment on the Mole Patrol podcast. That is yeah. great. Yeah. yeah, we're we're very, very excited for that. And then I also um, I'm covering The Walking Dead and we have a kind of a rotating panel. Um, usually it's me and Chappelle every week, but then we also Josh Wiggler stops by when he can. And AJ Mass is going to be joining the panel this season as well. Bringing it home. Yeah. It's Rob, very- you no longer watch The Walking Dead, right? No. Mm-hmm. I made Rob watch an episode during the like um, the like mini season that happened over uh, last spring, but mm-hmm. yeah, it, he, I I envy Rob for having dropped out when he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm still here. I mean, it did get a little bit better. It's been fun. It's the last season, right? Yeah, it's the last season. They're going to stretch it over. They're doing the Breaking Bad thing of stretching it over two years, though. Mm-hmm. So it's not really the last season. I mean, it's that's, good. That's like a union busting thing. Also, that's just like so they could pay people the rate that right, they were getting. Right. Well, and it's, also, and it's also thematic in that it will never die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What yeah. is dead may never die. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's fun. And then um, we actually just got noticed, like, while I was on this podcast with you, I got in my inbox from AMC screeners for walking dead world beyond which is wow. a spin-off by the way look, what, look at this flex rob jess is getting <laughs> sent screeners yeah i never got a screener in my life well, well, well who do you want to send you a screener new guy new new girl old guy well, uh, new girl yeah. doesn't really have any shows yeah, I'll, i guess I'll it would be weird it's called a dvd yeah <laughs> what be weird screener if, like, do you want i want all the new movies you know yeah i don't do one i just want to watch them. yeah i i get i get amc screeners because we do killing eve and walking dead mm-hmm. and um they dropped they they're yeah. excited that we cover world beyond so they they gave us the first two episodes of world beyond which starts on october 3rd and so we're going to go from Walking Dead right into World Beyond. And yeah. we were so attached. Chappelle and I especially were very attached to the characters in World Beyond. So we're very excited for that. Yeah, You know, I watched, uh, I really liked uh, uh, Kevin Can F Himself, which was a new mm. recent AMC yeah. show. Did you yeah. watch that, Jess? Yeah, I watched a bit of that. That was Did they good. send you screeners for that? Where they're like, they yes, we really hope you like mm-hmm. it. Look at you. Oh, wow. my God. No, Jess no, that's like what the happens when, when queen of AMC. That happens with me and Amazon, where it's like, we I got access to cover one show, and they're like, all right, we got you in the door. Now, please cover all this other thing. Yeah. That's what streaming is nowadays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I would say Bloom probably gets way more screeners than I do. Yeah. Like, I just got on the AMC list, and I was on the Netflix list for a while. But I don't write anymore, so I think I fell off of that. Akiba, maybe for 32 fans, maybe you could ask the NFL to send you the screeners for the games so you and Chester can cover them uh, like before anybody so, else does. Yeah, do you guys have the spoilers for the games? Yeah. yeah exactly. Like, when does the embargo lift on yeah, the Yeah, you can uh, review the, the games game. and, then, <laughs> exactly. and then have the podcast ready to go right after like the end of the week. It would be much easier than recording it after like 10 hours of football. Yeah. yeah I would like that. Yeah. What happened in the game, guys? Okay. They used to air stuff like that. NBA Finals used to be on tape to that. Okay. Why? So in case someone cursed or like pulled down their pants or something? No, it just like they just wanted air in primetime and the games weren't played in primetime. 
they would air it on like the, even in the eighties into the eighties they were sharing like mm-hmm. Larry Bird MJ NBA Finals games on okay. uh, tape play. All right, mm-hmm. and then Mike, do you want to give out a plug or two here so then uh, people don't have to wait all the way to the end of the podcast? <laughs> yeah, get, like the, half, yeah. the halfway house plugs. Yeah, uh, yeah. All right, Mike, blue plugs. We could all take a bathroom break. Well, while Mike, you, well, you can do half there. of them now and half. Yeah, of them that's what the we're saying. Break it up. Yeah, exactly. A half now, half later. Tease uh, some of them for later. I'll, th- I'll throw something exciting out oh, right now. I'll throw the waters. Something, something new before we do something old. Uh, something new, and this is not only applying to me, but actually several Renap guests of old and new. Uh, at the time people are listening to this, there should be a web series out called Black Widow Brigade, yes. uh, which is a, a social strategy game a la Mafia combined with Survivor. Took place over one night back in like October. None of us remember what happened in it uh but it features a bunch of previous renap guests myself the aforementioned josh wiggler shannon gus very mysterious it's it's incredibly mysterious and there's a lot of rules to it that's been explained over the course of social media uh but it it becomes more complicated as the game goes along but if you want to check out ali jordan kalish jess sterling dj labelle klein karen from canada there are a lot of renap Mm all-stars i would say that get to play in this game it's going to be released in several episodes but if you're interested in that Check that out. Uh, and in terms of Star Trek stuff, I guess, which is most applicable. Uh, so Star Trek Picard doesn't come back till, I think, 2022. Lower Decks is airing right now, but I think uh, we're, we're probably not going to cover that uh, until there's another Star Trek series on the horizon. So I think Picard is when we're going to come back next. But after that, we're getting uh, Picard. We're getting Discovery Season 4. There's Strange New Worlds, which is coming. There's Star Trek uh, Prodigy, which is like a brand new animated series that's coming. So the Star Trek really planet has become a universe in the past five right, years. And Akiva so, and will be listening. Hopefully. You know what? Akiva, if you're covering it, maybe you get screeners. No, that's the incentive. You got to cover shows that are that are new and on the air rather than ones that have ended years ago. Yeah, that's my problem. Yeah. All right. Let's take a break. All right, Jess, thank you for joining us. Thank you, uh, Jess. When we come back. Awesome, awesome job with that game, Jess. We well, will thanks, be thanks doing for having me. the mailbag with Mike Bloom right after this. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. We are back with Mailbag 144 here with Mike Bloom to talk about ideas for the wheel. Can't believe I was today years old when I learned out that Tuvix was a real thing. Is this now just going to be like, you know, the reverse effect that now that all these peeves have been brought up, you're just going to bring you're this is how you're going to lose listeners is by like taking their peeves and putting them into your podcast. 
I didn't mind I am today years old. Mike, do you dislike when people say I am today years old? I did see something where someone implied that I was today years old implies like an adult baby aspect, which I guess if that's the implication, then no, I'm never going to say the thing again. But I, I never took it to mean that. Yeah, I know. Because I, I also said that I don't like anything that is uh, people being like babies. Like I don't get sickened when I see an adult baby, but I don't like people acting like babies. Mm hmm. What yeah, we're anti adult babies on the show. Yeah. Okay. All right. Rob, I got a bunch of updates for you, okay? Oh, please update. We're in the mailbag. Um, you're a little low, by the way. Okay. Uh, we're in the mailbag. We we said we'd go through the wheels wheel waiting room this week and try and put more stuff on the wheel because the wheel is famously uh dummy skinny right now. Very skinny. <laughs> should be the opposite, should be like smart skinny. Smart skinny. Mm-hmm. Uh and uh all right, so here's a few things. Uh I found a taker. To produce uh, the guest listeners' ages, I think we should call that episode "What's Your Age Again." Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? <laughs> Is that okay? <laughs> Fine. Uh, see, we, Mike likes it. Nothing we're, like we're, a, a timely Blink One Eighty Two reference to really. Well, we've bring been talking about in. Blink One Eighty Two re- a lot. Um, we have. Uh, I thought so. Maybe we mentioned them Is recently. That this podcast, I'm sure you're not getting it confused with uh, one of your other podcasts. We're talking about Blink One Eighty Two. I have a lot. I know I maybe it was in you know what it was it was in real life sorry uh, I usually but, don't have real life conversations but I did I guess I did have one recently I was gonna say is this like the equivalent of you know yelling your uh, someone else's name in bed is quoting something that yes. you said on another podcast I, yes I do um yeah I try not to have real life conversations outside with of you know people in my family because yeah it's like stepping on podcasts like I only have I have like that many words to say a week already I don't want to say extra words like speaking to friends acquaintances neighbors things like that. Uh, yeah, so uh, what's my age again? Uh, but the person running it uh, was Who were you talking to about Blink-182? What, what was that conversation? Okay, that conversation was basically, I think it was at the O Words, we were saying, I think the younger people didn't know what the band Fish was. They'd never heard of Fish. Okay. And we were talking about other things that like people who had just graduated college might not know that to us were not ubiquitous. Flying fish, although they have something in <laughs> and common. So, and I think one of the, I think I, I asked people if they knew Blink-182 and they all did know Blink-182. Well, I should also say Blink-182 did recently make the news, though, for, for sadder reasons, right? Because I'm pretty sure one of the, the members of that band is, uh, has yeah, it's very sick. And, cancer. And also one of them is, is like dating a Kardashian. So like they're very much relevant. Not to be confused with the Kardashian. Mm-hmm. Yes. Not, not Gold to Cod. Yeah. Um, but in terms of what's, what's your age again, uh, the person producing it was more Team Akiva than Rob and, and thinks they will find people who absolutely we did not know, but we should speak to them directly they think it'll be a better podcast if we speak to them directly okay so that's i think that's on the wheel i think that's ready you know it can't be this week but i think we'd be ready to go next week ready all right all right i think that's a good idea what's your age again i think that'll be fun yeah uh another another idea uh, this is you know up to you do you want to put the Me or mike the i meant you rob but i'd like to hear mike's opinion on okay. this mike <laughs> give us your honest opinion all right. The Melissa Joan Hart podcast. We were like leaning towards putting it on. Robin Akiva have a heart where we mm. watch a couple different episodes. What do you think about that, Rob? With a week's hindsight, I'm sure we spent nothing other than this week thinking about that. What do you think we should do? Well, is there any like I feel like that just the premise alone, I feel like is OK, but I don't feel like that I that I feel like that's more of a single than a home run. OK, yeah. all right. So well, he, then let's he, not do it. I mean, here's what I'll say about sequels in general. Like, it's is that a sequel though, Mike? 
I feel like it's a, it's a spiritual sequel to the rise to and what? fall of JT, to the rise uh, and fall of JT. Oh, but I think we'd be more different because we're. I think we'd be watching more stuff than yeah. Well, then what I might maybe I'll I tweak it to say when you do a holiday movie dreidel or whatever, I think you should put her movie on there. Which uh, movie? So her movie is called Holiday in Handcuffs. It's her and Mario Lopez. Mm. Uh, she plays a woman who kidnaps a complete stranger and pretends that he's her boyfriend so she can impress her family during the holidays. It is utterly ridiculous, and they try to make the creepiest concept as whimsical as possible with, like, the Hallmarky setting. Uh, it's it's truly deranged, and I think it could be a fun movie to talk about. Hmm. Okay. I think, you I think you're talking about the nadir of Melissa Joan Hart's career. That certainly is part of it. The nadir of the career. Okay. I just think it's just not twisted enough. I just feel like it's okay. kind of basic where that there's no uh, spin uh, on it yet, where it's like, okay, oh, fine. I have to listen to that podcast. Okay, fine. I'm not, right. uh, I'm not married to that podcast. Um, uh, here's another one that we talked about and we were basically ready to put on the wheel a month or two ago and then really haven't mentioned it. It was called Robin Akiva or Hong. Yeah. Oh, yes. And you, you like I this said, one, Mike? It's, I don't know. I, I liked, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm full disclosure in the middle of your omnibus uh, five hour Fast and the Furious podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to be tough for Lightning to Strike twice in that regard. Mm-hmm. I think when it comes to podcast sequels, you know, everyone complains about how there's too many reboots and sequels out there. But the fact of the matter is, if you're like, oh, we have fun with this, we can do it again. You know, you're no better than those Hollywood studios. Yeah. And oftentimes it turns out, unless you really have that creative juice, uh, you're going to run out of gas fairly quickly on the idea. And But I do think something to take away from that idea, rather than going with like another movie franchise to do that with, was this idea of like, you watch some and Akiva watches some. Like, I, I think I actually just listened to the part where, since Akiva watched the even number Fast, Fast and the Furious movies, Rob was essentially doing the previously on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I do think in that regard, the previously on hung is a fun idea I just don't know if it, it'd be great in execution. Okay, well, let me hear what Akiva's update is. Well, I I said we couldn't even do it. it. It would be too annoying to do it manually. We couldn't do it unless someone volunteered to uh, cut up all the previously unhungs together. Yes, yes. We got many volunteers. What? Yes. Amazing. Many. Amazing. And like, someone did it and other people were like already in the middle by the time they spoke. Hmm. So I believe it is already done. Okay, so hung is cut. So that's uh, the hung. Okay. The hung Good thing is cut. It's yes. very cut. Yes. So I hear what Mike's saying. In, in the world we discussed this, we had not yet done Fast and the Furious. Mm-hmm. It is somewhat similar. Yes. But it's also different. We're not going to watch it on 3X. Mm-hmm. It's it's a TV show previously okay. on instead of watching well, a whole here, movie. So here's what, what I'm wondering. Where This might make it a little bit more like it, but I think it's still going to be uh, like a fun format. Like, what could we get that cut into season one, season two, mm. season three? And then we watch all of the uh, season one and come back and talk about it. Watch all of season two previously ons and talk about it. And then watch mm-hmm. all of season three uh, previously ons. And then what do we watch the finale? I guess. And then, oh, what actually watch the finale? Yeah. We have to watch an episode I mean, there's, of Hong. Listen, there's, there's no previously on after the finale. It's true. It's true. Yeah, I guess we'd have to watch the finale. That's a good mm-hmm. point. I th- yeah, I, I think we could do that. I even think like if we're not making someone do extra work, we could a- ask them to timestamp it for us and just press pause. Yes. Did, and, did, was, uh, why was why hung? Was it just like this idea of we wanted a short, quick? Could we binge an entire show? series just by watching the previously ons? Basically, yeah. do they cut out all the fluff? 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, I guess that makes sense with Hung, because I would think if you want to go with more like wackadoo previously on, I'm sure you could pick other shows. Like Hung seems like a fun enough concept, but I don't know how much uh, chaff was on that wheat stalk. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I suppose if you're not necessarily going from girth for that perspective, I what think. What language did Mike learn when he was growing up? Chaff was on that wheat stalk. <laughs> Wish I knew. I don't know how many cornfields <laughs> in Connecticut. So, yeah. Mike, did you ever watch Hung? I did not uh, know because I think that was what like mid aughts. I think that was right mm-hmm. during like my uh, my drama, you know, prestige TV reawakening. But n- when I was oh, still, you well, know, I, uh, Mike, this was on HBO. It's not even TV. This mm-hmm. is prestige. That's there is true. no more prestige than HBO. I don't think I watched an HBO series until honestly, I think True Blood might have been the first HBO oh. series that I had watched Being in like, two thousand seven. Yeah. So, I, I, while hearing Mike's critique, which I think is fair, I do think it's episode 145 of the show. We like to take chances. I think this is a fun idea. I think we should put it on the wheel. Yeah. Okay. Rob and Akiva are hung. Let's go ahead mm-hmm. and let's uh, put it a on the wheel. Hung. No matter yeah. what, the SEO is going to be out of this world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We got to fatten up the wheel. We can't be that picky. Wheels a little um, There's an idea called Who Stabbed Akiva? I don't know what that is. <laughs> I don't remember discussing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I uh, believe that was at like a, a live show where like somebody came in and stabbed uh, you at a live oh, show. Right, and you, were talking, and then, you were talking about cheaters, right? right. That, like, oh, uh, when someone like as if when someone interrupted uh, the big and I event would keep that was the going podcast on. going. Got it. OK, yeah, that is fun. But that's for another time. Um, and then there is um, fast tenure seatbelts. Um a couple people have ideas. I, I have put that into production. I think people are going to be working on uh, some sort of table read. Uh, someone will write it. Maybe people will be editing it. Maybe we'll have a team. Uh, and when we, oh, when and only when we're happy with the final script, we could we could maybe turn that into uh, an episode. But it will involve uh, Robin Akiva joining, like like Rob said, Robin Akiva joining the yeah. Fast and the Furious universe. But we have I mean, a couple listen- ideas that I think are good. If you want to save money on casting, make it Rob Kiva joins the Fast and the Furious team. Why? Because our number would be too high. Well, no, just be that. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's like your pay your you know your pay rate as Santa Claus might tell you. Like they have to pay you that no matter how good you do on the film. So like uh, they feel like you don't want to hire out for the extra actor. Just combine it into one character. Mm-hmm. They do that with a lot of true stories, right? They change the genders. They change the characters. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, that l- let's not like uh, confuse our writers uh, too much. Like, uh, <laughs> we don't need to write for Rob Kiva. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that could be the big twist. Is uh, I don't know, Akiva and Dominic Toretto get in some sort of weird transporter accident and become mm-hmm. the the, com- the combination of the two. Do I want to manifest a Rob Kiva Twitter account or no? No, I don't think so. I, you There's... already did. In saying it, you just did, Rob. Mm-hmm. There's, I sometimes I feel like half of all of our followers are just parody. RHAP accounts already, mm-hmm. most of which last like a week and then you know stop. Yeah, Some of out. which have sure. stood the test of time, but sure. Um, yeah, so those, so we have two ideas on the wheel. We've got a couple more things in in motion. Also, um, Sasha Joseph, last week's great guest, sent me uh, like a detailed uh, bunch of ideas for the uh, Robin Akiva go to Bollywood. We'll get to that next week. Oh, amazing! Mm-hmm. Uh, we get that in the mailbag next week. Um, Mike, what did you have any ideas? Yeah, so these are an idea so much so as this that's like uh, me, you know, poking you as the reminder for things uh, that okay. were brought up previously. I'm, I'm copying other people's great ideas. I'm being a real packlet about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but listen, let me let me uh, just really serve this up. But let me continue to push it forward. This was brought up way, way back in the day. I think you have to do Australian shows or trash. 
uh, slash Robin Akiva go down under. Uh, there's a, so many cuckoo Australian shows that I think could very easily be talked about. I think Sarah Carradine is a great person to have on and talk it through. She talked, just talked about Round the Twist. There's also the soap opera Neighbors. There's a lot of really just out of this world Australian TV shows. I think your Canadian TV shows are trash was a seminal episode. That's where we got SCOM into the mix. Mm-hmm. And so I think if you're looking to continue to uh, expand your international waters, this is an easy way to do it. Akiba, how do you feel about Australian TV shows are trash? I'd really, I, I still would need to be sold on like that the shows are gold. Like the idea itself is fine. The idea is a single. I think like the right show could turn it into a double or a triple, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, these, these shows are absolutely wackadoo. Like Round the Twist is like a, a magical, mythological kid show where just strange things happen quite literally each and every day. Like I think this could be one of those very fun, you watch the episode and say, what the hell did I just watch type of shows. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. Let me think about it. Unless, Rob, you're married to it one way or the other. No, I'll wait for Akiba to finish thinking about it. Okay, fine. Hey, what else, Mike? Uh, so I think, you know, as much as I uh, bemoan sequels, I think you could do a podcast power hour, too. I think, uh, do we have anything in a sequel mechanism? Did you like right that? Now? I feel like I didn't get a lot of uh, good feedback on that. I enjoyed it personally. As someone who feels like there's way too many podcasts out there to enjoy, I really enjoyed podcasters' opinions on podcasts in a very mm-hmm. constructive, positive manner. I think it was fun to get your different thoughts on like the styles and subject matter as well. And look, there is plenty out there for you to explore. I, I think the idea has legs personally, but hmm. you know, I'm just one person. <sighs> That's interesting. I, uh, I like doing that episode. I agree. I don't think it was one of the bigger hits. I like doing it a lot. It was a lot of work. We listened to like a zillion episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think we, it was a little too soon. I think like talk to us in January, 2022 and I would do it again, probably. All right. We'll set that reminder. Mm-hmm. Uh, What's what's going on with the variety pack? It's a great question. I don't know. Let me go through that this week. I could get an answer for people yeah, that because I have like uh, I have a few things in files. Let me see if there's an episode there. If we put everything we had in, I think so. I think pack. if you have like four or five ideas, I think that's really all you need. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Like I don't think you need to go like full hour and a half, two hours. I think if the the, the idea is just just like yeah, bop, 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 variety pack that. would be huge. People would love it. Okay. The right, other, we could get that going. The other idea that I sort of had, and I think it's in like a version of it, is in the wheel rating room. I feel like there's something, some sort of combination of like blankets, commercials are trash, slash Robin and Kiva need a PR firm where you could watch like nostalgic commercials for toys or other products mm-hmm. and be like, all right, if we want to bring this back in 2021, what's the proper advertising? Akiva is a communications officer. What's right. the spin to give to like my buddy? You know, to bring uh, it into twenty twenty, make it look less scary. Yeah, that's true. Or more scary, maybe if, mm-hmm. if, people, if you want to make it more of like a horror creature. Yeah, that's a good idea. I- I'm all, all up for doing anything with commercials. Yeah, Rob likes the commercial ideas. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Somebody send in like uh, uh, like links to commercials, and you know, if we have enough good commercials, I, I would put that on. Yeah, I think it, I think it could be fun because then you could combine it with this idea, right? Of like. All right, this was a really odd. Remember this thing? It'd be great if we brought it back, but how do we do so? Especially again in today's day and age, like how do you make a TikTok about skip it? Let's try to or do like you know uh, the Got Milk challenge. How uh, does that work in today's? He day doesn't and age? like the Got Milk commercials. People are saying milk is making a comeback. Did you hear about that, Rob? Uh, I didn't know about that, but I know you well, didn't well, have the, any the, milk. The, the crates specifically. Oh yeah, milk well crates. the milk crates, yeah, they're making a comeback, but the almond milk and the 
oat milk are out and now regular milk is coming back. Why is almond milk and oat milk out? I don't know. Well, it's, they, they say too much it water? takes like it's so much water. Like the whole of California just is operating around, you know, making like eight almonds for people hmm. to put into milk. That's what they say. Is that true, though? That's what I hear, that it, it mm-hmm. takes like 10 billion, like all the water in the universe to make one pound of almonds. That's what I've read. Hmm. Is there something else we can milk? Hmm. Purple mm. Kelly? Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I, I feel like if there's like for like milking nuts, I feel like there's plenty other, I don't know, staples to be able to create milk out of. Hmm. You know, create the new, the next milk? The next milk. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm obviously. Peanut. Uh, Does peanuts have milk? The peanuts have milk. They have oil. They have oil? Mm-hmm. Peanut oil milk. All right. Okay. Yeah. I don't, uh, I, want, I don't think I want to drink any milk that has the word oil in it. Peanut oil milk. Mm-hmm. I mean, a generation ago, if I'd said almond milk, you would have said, like, no one will ever buy that. And now it's it was all the rage. So. Very popular. Yeah. Yeah. If Listen, if everyone else was doing it, you'd do it too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If everyone was drinking peanut oil milk, you'd be like, mm-hmm. all right, who am I to say no to that? Oh, absolutely. Listen, if you presented me with, like, would you jump off a bridge? Like, mm-hmm. yes, heartily. While yeah, I, need the list. I need the list of who else is jumping, you know? Oh, yeah, I mean, exactly. After eating a snake, uh, peanut oil milk is like nothing. Well, listen, yeah. a snake, I know what I'm getting here. Peanut oil milk, like, just mm-hmm. it sounds like an unappetizing assemblage of words. But it's delicious. I don't know. Throw some wheat chaff in there and you got <laughs> yourself something good. Yeah. Okay, uh, Akiva. Any listener suggestions this week? Yeah. Okay, I'll give you a listener suggestion or two that I liked. Uh, how about this one from, um, hmm, uh, Marky Mark? Marky Mark, Mark writes. Mark Wahlberg. Oh my god. Yeah, I think it's Mark L. Oh. Uh, Robin Akiva write a children's yeah. book is his idea. Okay, <sighs> this is my best idea yet. Yeah. Jimmy Fallon's done it. Jerry Seinfeld has done it. Madonna, Whoopi, and Barack Obama have done it. It's time Robin Akiva wrote their own children's book. This Renap episode could bring us so much joy, and there are a few things. There's so many fun, fun, so many fun things you could do with it. You'll start by brainstorming ideas for a main character and story. Maybe it's a goldfish who's outgrowing his fishbowl. What about a silly man that can't tie his shoes? Next, <laughs> you'd sit down with an author type who could take your ideas and turn them into a full fledged story script. We don't need an author type to I write know, a book. I know, we're the author. I know. I what do you, what do you... No, I, I think you might need, I think you need you someone need to lead John you John Steinbeck to come here? No, and, no, no. And I, you have someone in the community. Yarn? You have Amy Chan. Amy Chan recently came out with a really great kids book uh, mm-hmm. that encourages kids how to wear their masks and to mask up. I think she's someone that could very much be your guide through this. And you don't need much. You just need this person leading your hand of like, hey, I published a kids book. Maybe we don't go in this direction. And then we got to split the money. We're looking for generational wealth from this kid's book. I like, mm-hmm. you know, then the money's going to Amy. But uh, will a kid's book be funny? Like, I think anybody could write a kid's book. Oh, okay. How oh, about this? Uh, RGP out of context. Anybody could write a kid's book. I mean, take I it. I'm, ass- I'm I mean. assuming the RGP <laughs> out of account, out of, out of context account broke when we were talking about nut milk for like mm-hmm. five minutes. Uh, mm-hmm. What about Robin Akiva write a YA book? Young adult. Young adults. That's that's a lot more words in those books. Like kids' books could be like twenty pages. Young adult, then you're up to like 120 pages, right? Hmm. That's too much. That's too many pages. True. Though this could be more so like you come up with a skeleton, hand it off to your writer's room, and they try to sketch something out. Because if you're talking about going funnier, this at least allows you, allows you to be a bit more grandiose with the ideas, uh, as opposed to a kids' book where to Rob's point, it might be more so about like 
fun images and a lesson at the end. Mm-hmm. One of the guys at the O Words had written a book about um, uh, uh, the coronavirus and like basically you should become friends with the coronavirus. So it's what? from the perspective of the coronavirus. Yeah, the coro- the coronavirus is like. Uh, yeah, it's like if you're, yeah, you have to be nice to it. Yeah, the basically. coronavirus is like, hey, let me live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're like, you learn to live with it and become friends with it. And that's like how everyone succeeds. Um, so Marky Mark says, once how, you have how the was that book received? It had a very good views on, reviews on Amazon, honestly. I checked it out. I was going to say, uh, 1.7% of readers absolutely loved it. <laughs> no, it was very, it was, yeah, people liked it. Um, once you have the full story put together, Marky Mark says you could release the episode. The listeners can submit their drawings for the book's illustration. Yeah, we're not going to have Akiva do the drawings. No, <laughs> I'm sure we have tons oh, of. Wait a minute, call the book. I am a giraffe. I am a giraffe. Yeah, I am sure we have tons of talented artistic listeners. He says that would be part of this endeavor. Finally, when the story and drawings are finalized, I'm guessing Akiva or one of the listeners have a connection with a publisher that can get one of our children's book published. Probably one of the listeners. I don't know any publishers. Mm-hmm. But you, can, you can self-publish on Amazon. I mean, that's not really where the money is here. We want like Random House to like drop a seven figure advance on us. Mm-hmm. Uh, this would what be collective about, work. Could, yeah, could we get listeners to ask their kids what the book should be about? Like, like let's mm-hmm. go to our focus group. Yeah, let's ask the kids of our listeners what the book should be about, and then, and then people write in with what their kids said the book should be about, and then like we go from there and sort of workshop. Like, basically, we're hacking, reverse engineering this thing. We're going to the audience. We're asking the audience, what do they want a book about? Then we're finding out, and then we're giving them that book. I love this. This is like Song of the Summer, but with books, right? Mm -hmm. You're essentially crowdsourcing for ideas and then trying to sort of put a little bit of everything in there. Ask your kids, what should the book be about? Like, what what things should happen in the book? Like, maybe we should Mm -hmm. have a couple of questions. And then, like, uh, Mm -hmm. who should the villain be? What should happen in the end? And then basically, then we'll figure out a story to, you know, uh, spit that back out to the kids, make plenty of money. I, I like that. All right. Yeah. So start with them. When we find the perfect idea, then we'll get ready and write the book. Well, no, I think the podcast no. is we're, we're hearing all the ideas. Yeah, I think, oh, okay. it, I think it's I just you it. then try to create the composite story that hopefully combines like, yes, we'll put the race car in there with the dinosaur and then they all floss at the end. That'll mm-hmm. be the perfect kids book. So you could send in your kids ideas or how about send them in audio if you think your kid is cute or funny or whatever. What's the, right. what's our uh, link, Rob? Well, I, that, let's, wait, wait, hold on. Isn't that a peeve of Rob's? What's that? But people, uh, the put, kids on the podcast. Kids on the podcast. No, like people like, uh, all right, today's guest is going to be my kid and we're going to talk about like, uh, like, uh, like, that's not why I listen to this. But so... <laughs> I would say when this comes up on the wheel, that's when we get this stuff. We're not going to like get it all in now. Oh, I just sometimes I like to make sure we have stuff before I put it on the wheel. That's what I was saying. I mean, I think people will ask their kids the, the three or four questions and then and then send us the answers. That OK, week. all like, right, fine. So you want to put this on the wheel? You want to give it a week? What do you think, Mike? I think, uh, yeah, I think uh, put it on the wheel. And if it comes up, listen, still got those still got those vetoes. Uh, mm-hmm. I will. I will do my part. I will try to ask Asher. He only knows uh, a little bit of words, so I hope you don't mind. That's probably going to be about like Mickey Mouse, bulldozer, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah. diaper. But mm-hmm. I got to throw it all in there. Yeah. Okay. Else. That's good. All right. Akiva, anything else? No, I think we could get to uh, spinning the wheel. All right. Here we Getting go. Everyone home. All right. Send everybody home. All right. So let's talk about what's on the wheel right now here. So a couple things have a uh, one week waiting period, but uh, season three, episode seven would be a little tricky. I'm on the road. Do not have the uh, fishbowl with me. Coin flip, the crappy movie uh, diaper. One of the things that Asher knows about uh, people's <laughs> choice. Sex and a Kiwi, the guest choice. 
Taurus season is that back in play? Almost I think Libra one more week again. Yeah, I think we're gonna have to wait for Libra season. One more week. Okay. Uh, Robin Akiva gets soapy. Robin Akiva need a college athlete. Something that was debated mm-hmm. quite a bit on the last episode. Uh, mm-hmm. Robin Akiva are hung. What's my age again? Kids book are on the wheel, but not eligible for this next episode. Mm-hmm. Okay. Episode number 145. 145. All right. Here we go. Let me go ahead. And uh, I don't know if you're going to be able to hear the spin, uh, but you'll have to take my word for it. Uh, let's go ahead and spin that wheel. Boy, hope it's Taskmaster. This okay. uh, I can't hear that at all. Yeah, Taskmaster has been. We've been waiting a while. Yeah. We haven't I mean, had a game. We're, in a while. we're recording this on the day of the great Grace Leader's birthday, so hopefully that's happy uh, birthday, that's Grace. Uh, the podcast gift to her. It is going to be Sex and a Kiwi. Oh, uh, finally, at long last. All right, that's exciting. Okay. And what are we doing for Sex and a Kiwi? Remind me. All right. Well, I, I was under the impression we are taking things of four and grouping them into who is the Carrie, who is the Charlotte. Who is the Miranda and who is the Samantha? Yeah, and I think we're watching season three, episode seven of Sex in the City. Okay, All not right? not one of the movies, correct? Yeah, I think I, I think we were told not to watch the second one and the first one. Yeah, I think it, and it'll be easier to watch a show than than the whole movie. Also, okay, this was before Mike Bloom was watching HBO. Yes, and I think I mm-hmm. yelled at the other day on one of my podcasts by my wife for uh, mixing up Big and Aiden, thinking they were the same character. So mm. I'm excited. To, I'm what excited was to get the context? Uh, I I can't remember. You know I uh, love Big Mike. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a, it's one of your favorite movies. I think it did just mention like uh the the long lost love coming together at the end, and I mentioned like oh yeah, so oh no, it was it was finding out about a character's name, and I was like oh yeah, so we found out when Big's name was Aiden, and my oh, wife was no, uh, different people apoplectic about me mixing up those two characters. So I'm excited to get executed next week, but this is always fun. Okay, Mike. You gave us some plugs earlier. Uh, give us the, it was a tease. What else is going on for Mike Bloom? All right, let me come out with the full list of plugs. I suppose. I mean, I mentioned the podcast that I just did, the Bloom Files, with my wife Angela Bloom, uh, where she has. I'm much like Akiva. Uh, I have ventured into the stars, but not with the X Files. So I have never seen the X Files before up until this point. She guides me through it. Uh, and a show I have seen a lot is Lost. Josh Wegler and I are going down the hatch every week, as mentioned before, by Akiva. And we have reached the end of season five. Uh, we just put out a three-hour podcast on the incident. Wow. The season five finale. Very fun talk about a very fun episode with Josh. And then on the reality TV side of things, of course, doing the B&B with Liana Boris. Uh, we come back every once in a while to do Big Brother 23 stuff. Just had uh, Kirsten McKinnis on at the time we're recording this, or will be. Again, I'm not sure how time works at this point, uh, to talk about uh, some of the the shenanigans from the past few Mm -hmm. weeks of Big Brother, doing exit press for BB23. Survivor South Africa is going strong. Myself and Shannon Gus are covering that in its final few weeks. And look, if you're you're looking, if you're jonesing for some Survivor 41 coverage, some might be beaming in sooner rather than later. I don't know if it's the same coverage as when I put it on the transporter, but Mm -hmm. uh, some some talk might be coming your way. Give us the sound effect, Mike. Yeah, exactly. Hold on. I was going to say, uh, should I use the monster sound effect from Lost because the monster is coming? Uh, but yeah, maybe you should. Uh, I would say I would never want you to, to sub out the uh, the beam in or the the mushroom sound effect from Super Mario. But let me see if I can. I think I might have lost it now. Oh, no, no problem. No problem. I'll, I'll see if I should put the transporter on the maybe when somebody if this was uh, like a keyboard, what about when a guest comes on, we beam them in. 
Mm-hmm. That would be great. Yeah. Even if we have a question for someone, we I could feed them. Nine mid- mid- different episode. Star Trek podcasts do that. I don't know, actually. Uh, I, I don't. I wonder if they. There are a lot of Star Trek podcasts out there, but I'm not sure if they welcome in their guests and by using the beaming sound effect. I think it works even better in a non, you know, uh, pod or non Star Trek podcast setting. Like you guys are not really a podcast that covers anything specific, and you use Peppa Pig music, you yep. use Super Mario Brothers music. Like yep. continue to to add stuff to your bag. Hmm. Okay. Well, th- let me see what Akiva thinks. All right, and and this is this. Is- yes. That's what you want. Uh, so yeah, so all that is going on. I talked about the the Black Widow Brigade, and I'm sure a bunch of other random things uh, here and there. But thanks so much for having Jess and I on. Uh, I know that we really love talking about Star Trek. Akiva, I hope we got your feet relatively wet for being such a liquid-affiliated man uh, when it comes to it. And uh, hopefully everyone, whether Star Trek fans, old or new or non-existent, uh, enjoyed the little d- tutorial we prepared for you today. Um. Yeah. No. I really appreciate you guys. Really have a passion for Star Trek that shines through. You guys did a great job. Uh, brought a lot of games. Did all the work. That's always exciting for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I definitely like Star Trek more than I did an hour ago. But I don't think I'm going to watch all thousand episodes. To be honest. Okay. I'm going to stop right, at like two, two to three hundred. Which one sounds the best to you, Akiva? The when the two guys morphed together, that was pretty <laughs> two good. Ricks, yeah. And was the whale swallowing? That was fake. Yeah, that, that was, I would that watch, was, but that, see, was, that, that was, was fake. That was that was what the, in the Bible, right? Yes, that was from the Bible. She stole it from the Bible. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. going to cease and desist, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I hope that Tuvix becomes uh, a recurring idea of like when we combine two things together, we Tuvix it. Okay. Yeah, I think, you know what? For next week, if there happens to be a group of five people that people are submitting, like try to Tuvix one of them to make uh, it into for four. For Sex in the mm-hmm. City? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. All right. Like, uh, I, like I did with Big and Aiden accidentally. <laughs> yes, you Tuvix them. All right. So great job from uh, the legend Mike Bloom here. And uh, is uh, Mike Bloom get a five timers hat yet? Is this your fifth time, Mike, or is this your I, sixth time, or what? I think I think this might be one of them. What? I don't Two know. brand steals. You are a shark. Uh, dad uh, advice, right? I don't That's think, least... I mean, dad advice never happened. Mm, pretty sure it did. No, it didn't. It absolutely never happened. Uh, Kiva, I, I I honestly like. I remember very little about this podcast. Or oh, most well, dad, of, well, most dad, if I life. think you were giving dad advice to me, oh, I don't think to, I was there. Mike Bloom wasn't there. It was, it, 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 is it was, this only Mike's fourth time? Uh, Will from America will know that he usually yeah, knows his okay. answers. Yeah, yeah, we definitely did the podcast. Mike Bloom wasn't on it. We didn't. I was, we, I was the ghost in the room. Yes, we mm-hmm. were talking to Mike Bloom, uh, but it was like a How I Met Your Mother. Uh, and, so, and so far, so good. I've, I've been using your guys' advice to a T, and everything yeah. is great. Asher's going to give material to a children's yeah. book. Episode 10, Dad Advice Know It All. Wow, episode ten. Yeah. So the, yeah, that wasn't with Mike. Back in the double digit days. Yeah, but we were talking to Mike. Exactly. We were talking to Mike. Well, Mike was on um Mike was on episode twelve. He was on the, the initial brand oh, steel. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, that was the, the original brand steel. We did oh we did um mm-hmm. game night one. I the remember that one. one. Yeah. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. I think it's and then yeah, so I think this might be number five. Oh, oh wow. All right. We're gonna have to do All a whole mass hat. order of uh yeah. of hats. Yeah. The problem was one. The hat had a character that was that we couldn't we couldn't print. Maybe uh, should was you be doing maybe uh, five timers masks? Ooh, face mask. That's not a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Or like uh, or like enamel pins. Hmm. Because I mean, much like the eponymous five timers club, it grows so much in length, right? Like 
we're now beyond it just being Paul Simon, Steve Martin. Now it's like Scarlett Johansson's in it and Melissa McCarthy. And it's like, all right, we we, we can't, you know, uh, spend the gold, the latinum every week to make all these big, fun jackets. We're going to have to sort of yeah. like downsize here. Let me think about it. Someone send me yeah, ideas so for what I can get these people. Week. I have a lot of things. Well, I got nothing. I haven't been able to leave my house yet. Mm-hmm. I'll Maybe should we have a person for all the t- things that you say you're going to think about during the week, like a bot that then will remind you yeah. of like, uh, here's your, th- here's your list. I would of like a reminder. About. If it's a bot, great. If not, if one person wants to just be the volunteer to like tweet me reminders during the week, mm-hmm. like here are the things you're supposed to remember. Cause some things fall through the crack. Like that hung episode was supposed to be on the wheel a few weeks ago. We just, we forgot about it, you know? Okay. All right. So Akiva, what do you have coming up? Uh, we did just did a, a fun NGOG last night. Uh, that was just Ali and I. I've done like we've done, I think, 18 football previews of the 32 teams on mm-hmm. 32 fans. We're, I think, 18 up, 14 to go. We had, um, we had uh, my friend Jake on talk the Colts. We had uh, a crazy Chester story during a Giants episode. Where did you hear that, Rob? That he, uh, uh which one? It, where he went on a road trip. I don't, think I, to the, I don't think I heard the, Gi- the Giants episode. The Giants one, I think, just came out okay. in the last I, day. Or two. Li- I think it's out. It might not even be out yet. That I, I still stand by. Should have started with the heavy hitters and then um, gone to the teams that nobody cares about when you get towards uh, the end, uh, like right mm-hmm. before the start of the season. Well, now I'm just doing whoever I could get a guest for. That's what right, we dropped. Right. We had uh, we had Chappelle's friend Deontay was very fun to talk about the Broncos. Mm-hmm. We had. Um, we we power rank the best thirty two coaches, best thirty two quarterbacks. Some of those are up. Some of those will be up in the next few days. Um, yeah. Uh, so that that's been fun. And then Robin, if you need a podcast, people should check out. Uh, ideally, I will leave my house at some point this week. Which someone said, like, why, you don't like leaving your house, so why are you so concerned about being in this mandatory lockdown, like quarantine? And I said, like, I don't need to leave. I just need everyone else to be able to leave, and mm. I can hear by myself. That's really. I mean, I'd like to go to the store, buy my beloved Coke Zero, because I'm running out. I mm-hmm. bought like a bunch from Uh-oh. Delivered, but it's running up perilously, perilously low. Yeah, Rob, I would say that uh, Coke Zero Coke is, is Akiva's Tetracel White as the Jim yeah. Hadar officer. Mm, yes, I'm, they, I'm running low. To him. Yeah. I'd like to like go out and get, uh, you know, maybe go to a restaurant or something. Like, not even sit there. You can't even really do that, but like, just bring some food home or something. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. That's the simple things in life. You learn to appreciate them when you're locked in your house with five other people for a week. All right. Well, like privacy. Yeah. I've been in close quarters with my family. So this was a nice uh, diversion from that mm-hmm. here today to talk about uh, Robin Akiva. Get tracked. Uh, we'll be back uh, next time. To talk about sex and Akiva. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye.
Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.